The Willie Williams Show starts Monday morning, 8 to 10 on QAM. Friday, you bastard. WQ, and I finally got around to watching the South Park, the movie, last night. It was uh, sensational. On a scale of 10, I give it about an 86. Sure. Oh, that's bad. 88. Not just funny, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very timely. Right. That that too. Timely. uh, Very biting. Mm Mm-hmm. Topical. Blame it on Canada, eh? You Canucks. That's That's what it was about. That's what it was all about. Did you say a boot? (laughs) That's what I said, a boot. Anyway, some bad news to start, and then I got just such a pile of stuff here. We may not even take a call today. This is just like, uh, oh, and it's good that Miguel's there for a little while because he hates it when I read. Too bad, loser. <laughs> ah, screw him, what's, you know. What's the bad news? You didn't tell me about anything. Oh, the bad news is no. Yes, I did. Did you? Uh, first, a roadside bomb killed two U.S. soldiers oh. in Baghdad. Oh. This was late Wednesday, and now, an explosion killed an American soldier and wounded two others in Baghdad today. Hmm. In the western part of the capital. So that's three more to add to your list, those who are keeping track or paying any attention, since the media is too busy with other important things to take care of, you know. Right. Like uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, we got a lot of Michael Jackson stuff, too. That's coming. Yeah, I heard Christopher Darden assisted in the prosecution of O.J. Simpson. He says Jackson may have waived his right to appear at every hearing, but it would be in his interest... To attend. You know what else he said? I don't give a shit anymore. Which right? I thought was right on, right on uh, the money. Anyway, let's get to the important stuff. Yesterday, Miss Fudge, aka Matt Drudge, aka self-hating fag, uh, put on his website breathlessly with a with a spinning uh, gumball on there with a uh, flashing light and a whole deal. Oh, desperate big news! See, this is what you're dealing with when you have a pawn of the right wing who's being subsidized, who's being uh, financed by. Um, Richard Mellon Scaife, and who's being fed all the info by Carl Rove and all the other right-wing junta. He'll put anything on there. For example, you remember, and one thing you can't complain about is credibility. <laughs> Just like telling the world that I'm uh, an invalid and that I have a round-the-clock uh, caretaker Nurse. and I'm right. going to be in a nursing home, all this other crap, and about how Johnny Cockring's going to be uh, on the defense team for Michael Jackson, <laughs> and uh, let's see about how the Iowa caucus on the day of that caucus, the results are going to be very, very close, <laughs> and all, all this other crap. It's the old deal about just put enough crap up, uh, throw it against the wall, and maybe some of it might stick. Right. And, of course, it's probably pretty uh, busy back there anyway, Matt, so when you have time. 
Anyway, so he puts this whole song to dance about this big sex scandal that's going to uh, explode and destroy John Kerry and about how Wesley Clark said this and Howard Dean said that. And then, of course, there was that stuff in the Inquirer, which all basically that said was that Kerry screwed around with a bunch of Hollywood starlets, which uh, who the hell didn't, right? Me. But like you said, it always comes back to the same old deal with the right-wingers, and that's penis stuff. It's your penis. They want to take a look at it. They want to take pictures of it. They want to see it up close. They want to, they want to grab it. it and feel it, squeeze it. That's right. They want to take a sniff. Who's it See what like? flavor it is. And so that's uh, what Miss Fudge was screaming and shouting the other day. The only problem with her is, well, there's several problems. And that is that the mainstream media ignored him largely, and plus he's been outed by a whole bunch of, uh, for example, on BuzzFlash.com, here's one of the um, postings, Kerry Attack Update. The sleaze has gone mainstream. It says the Philadelphia Daily News, which we'll get to in a minute, and the Chicago Sun-Times published articles discussing the Kerry sex accusations. The Sun-Times, however, seems to have pulled theirs off the website. The foreign press is all over this big polluter lobbyist. Uh, it says the foreign press is all over this like big polluter lobbyist on Tom DeLay. Here's one very interesting <laughs> tidbit from the Times UK Online. Drudge claimed that half a dozen news outlets were investigating the allegations against Mr. Kerry, but most of them denied it last night. Leonard Downey, executive editor of the Washington Post, mentioned by Drudge, said, This is the first we've heard that we're working on a story that we're not working on. <laughs> a reporter with Time Magazine, also cited by Drudge, said the weekly magazine was as puzzled by the story as the rest of the world. The mainstream media in the U.S. has so far not reported on the claims Sources win in the Clark campaign blamed Republican dirty tricks and gave warning that it was a taste of things to come. They're just throwing mud, he said. The plot thickens. Drudge's little embellishment about who was investigating the story is telling. It's obviously designed to have maximum impact on Kerry and make it look like the story is about to leak in the major papers. And by throwing in all those competing news entities, it puts pressure on other outlets to start their own reporting and break the details first. Clever. Unfortunately, Drush has been busted by the British press. This is so Rovian, it just makes my hairline recede, so says the writer. Rovian. And, of course, Johnny Cochran's going to be representing Michael Jackson. No. Not. And yada, yada, yada. On it goes. So what I've done, even though it doesn't make any difference to him since he gets 80 billion hits a minute, uh, we've taken the link to the Drudge Report off of our website, and we're going to put on Drudge.com, which is the Drudge Retort as opposed to Drudge Report. <laughs> And it's a fabulous website. It looks very familiar, except instead of a white background, it's got at least a little bit of color. It's got a yellow background and the same boring format of Miss Fudge's uh, unctuous website. They write today on the Drudge Retort, Rumor leads America deep into John Kerry's pants. Media observers and political junkies are waiting to see how quickly and deeply the mainstream press follows serious newsman Matt Drudge into John Kerry's pants. <laughs> this morning, Drudge pulled out the flashing siren with a giddy claim that Time magazine and other media organizations are looking for a young woman who privately caucused last year with the Democratic presidential frontrunner. Reported Drudge, intrigue surrounds a woman who recently fled the country, reportedly at the prodding of Kerry. That wouldn't be the only prodding she received from Kerry, according to the completely unsourced story, which is reportedly being chased by Time, ABC News, Washington Post, The Hill, and the AP. The telltale first appeared in Watch Blog, a nonpartisan political weblog that appears, uh, offers space to liberal, conservative, and moderate authors. The journalism industry publication editor and publisher pondered how long it would take the mainstream press to follow Drudge's lead. As editor and publisher reported, the Drudge site also declared that General Wesley Clark, in an off-the-record chat with reporters earlier this week, predicted that the Kerry campaign would soon implode due to an intern. It would seem strange, however, if he really believed that, that he would drop out of the race as he did yesterday, meaning Clark. Lending less credence to the story, Clark is going to endorse Kerry this weekend in Wisconsin, as we all know. 
So there you go, more BS from uh, Ms. Fudge. And the Philly Daily News says, here we go again, question mark. The worlds of politics and the media were all at Twitter yesterday over a report on the popular Internet site, the Drudge Report, that Massachusetts Senator John Kerry, the Democratic presidential frontrunner, may be brought down by a sex scandal. Six years ago, it was a similar item on the Drudge Report planted that brought the world's attention to the affair between then-President Bill Clinton and intern Monica Lewinsky, sparking the scandal that led to Clinton's impeachment. Late last night, Ms. Fudge, the conservative gossip meister who runs the site, said several leading TV networks and newspapers have been trying to confirm an alleged relationship between Kerry, who was married to ketchup heiress Teresa Hines Kerry, and a young woman that started in 2001. An earlier item said the woman had worked for Associated Press for a short time. But there's one huge problem with the story, which raced through newsrooms across the country like a computer virus. Nobody's been able to confirm that it was true. This rumor has been out there for months and months, said Neil Oxman, the prominent Democratic consultant based in Philly. He said there were various versions, including several that had Kerry dating a young woman well before the 2000 election when Al Gore looked at Kerry as a potential running mate. Oxman said there's just no way to judge whether the story is really damaging to the Kerry campaign until any facts come out. Even stranger, the Drudge item said that Wesley Clark, the retired general and former candidate, spread the rumor by telling a group of stunned reporters that Kerry will implode over an intern issue, but then it was reported last night that Clark is going to endorse Kerry today. Indeed, other accounts last night said Clark instead was talking about Kerry's reportedly wild bachelor days between the breakup of his first marriage and his 96 wedding to Teresa Hines Kerry. Kerry reportedly dated actress Morgan Fairchild and other starlets as well. Numerous fingers for the uproar were pointed last night. Clark's top aide, Chris Lahane, who was Gore's campaign secretary in 2000, Washington insider Craig Crawford of Congressional Quarterly said in a widely circulated email that Lahane had been shopping the story to reporters for a long time. The Kerry camp has been expected to deal with this, and have assured party leaders they can handle it. And it also says, if the story were true, Kerry would have a harder time handling his wife, who was killed, uh, the widow of Pennsylvania Senator John Hines, who was killed in the 1991 mid-air collision in Lower Merion. She told Ellie Magazine that she warned her first L. husband on the subject that what? L. She warned Ellie L Magazine. Well, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Fag. It's a fag mag? No. Oh. She told Fag L Magazine that she warned her first husband on the subject of adultery. If you ever get something, I'll maim you. I won't kill you. I'll maim you. In other words, if he ever brought home an unwanted surprise. I say like uh, Like that uh, chanker on John oh, Edwards. Oh, a Right. So there you go. You can then, of course, uh, Clark will endorse Kerry today, which seems very strange if indeed he was the one that was saying that the Kerry campaign is going to come tumbling down because of all this big sexual scandal. Uh, Miss Fudge, you're an asshole. You're an imbecile. You're pathetic. You're nothing but a useless pawn, man, being used by Richard Mellonscape and Carl Rove and all the other imbeciles on the far right. Just throw a bunch of crap up there and see if it sticks. But after all the other uh, slime and garbage that he's put on there, people are starting to be a little bit more... Uh, suspect of anything that he has on his report, which is why I'm not dealing with it no more. And once Eric wakes up, do you think that's going to happen sometime? He's up. He's up. I spoke at him. Yeah. Once he wakes up, we're going to take off that's, uh, one of those uh, links we got on there, which is kind of like obsolete, and he already just did it. See, that's my psychic powers again. Right under moveon.org, you'll see in large blueprint the Drudge Retort, which is uh, drudge.com, not to be confused with, of course, the unctuous ultra-right-wing Drudge Report. And I know that he's going to be really upset over the eight hits a week that he's going to be losing from our link, but that's not the purpose of it. We just don't want to be associated with that particular scumbag. We don't mind a lot of other scumbags. We just don't want nothing to do with him. Anyway, we had a uh, resounding response to the poll. We'll get those, those results uh, after the break, and then we'll put up a new poll, and i got uh, 5,000 things to read just to piss off Miguel. And we got our hot couples contest, the deadline, 2 o'clock this afternoon for your pictures. Email them to... 
Contest at NeilRogers.com. Deadline is 2 p.m. sharp when the little hand hits the big hand. Finally got half an ass on there. We got half an ass? A half ass. Half a rectum is better than none. Right on. 1013 at 560 WQM. Hey, how about putting your ass on a great new mattress? President's Day is coming up Monday, and, of course, the President's Day sales are in full swing with your betting and department stores. All the BS they peddle every year, they double the price, then say, hey, look at this, we're giving you half off. If you want real rock bottom prices on the best mattresses going, you know what to do. Call 1-800-MATTRESS like I've been doing for years. George and Miguel have been doing it and calling them as well. Boca Brian and even Fat Boy is sleeping on a big, gigantic exercise dial mattress. No phony sales, no bait and swish, just everyday unbeatable rock bottom prices on the complete line of the top makers in the universe. They got them all. They got Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, and even now Stearns and Foster Hewitt. Choose from dozens of models at low everyday discount prices. You can enjoy great night's sleep for years to come just by making that one easy phone call, 1-800-MATTRESS, right now. Don't get ripped off of those phony ads. Only Dollar Mattress also lets you choose that two-hour delivery window that meets your schedule any day when it's convenient for you, seven days a week from 8 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. With low prices, same-day delivery, free setup and removal, it's easy to see why Dollar Mattress is unbeatable. So, like I said, don't get sucked in by the phony ads. Do what the smart folks are doing, and even some aren't quite so bright. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out online at mattress.com. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio's all yours. QAM. Packwood can't keep his packer in his pants. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel like I've my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Delta, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, Lapalooza. We're going to South Carolina, and Oklahoma, and Arizona, and North Dakota, and New Mexico, and Texas, and New York. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. We're going to California, and New York. We're going to South Dakota, and Oregon. Travel out ahead, my share, man. I've been everywhere. And North Dakota, and New Mexico. And the Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana. And Oregon, we're going to California and Texas. Santa Fe, Tolliver's, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Austin. We're going to South Dakota and Michigan. And Lake Devils, Lake Crater, Lake Peace, Lake I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel and had my scare, man. I've been everywhere. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Ten eighteen at five sixty WQAM. Got uh, Joe Costello's a busy guy this weekend, right? He's a busy beaver. Join Joe for happy hour today, four thirty to six thirty at JP Mulligan's on Taft and Flamingo and Pembroke Pine. Stop by for three dollar Bex and Bex lights, plus win T shirts and Panther tickets and uh, some of our other crappy uh, QM prizes. And join uh, both Joe and Mark tomorrow from noon to two at Fort Lauderdale BMW at fourteen thousand eight hundred Sheridan Street. Stop by to win more crap and enjoy free food from our close friend Ira at the unbeatable Atlantic City Subs. Now, here's the result. We had 1,473 votes yesterday on um, the question, which do you think is the best recording artist or group to come along in the last 10 years? Uh, Adema didn't have any. Isn't yeah. that depressing? Oh, well. Out of almost 1,500 votes? Who the hell are they? Oh. I don't either. Sabaria had one. Sam Roberts won. It must have been a Canadian. That's what that was all about. Angel does two. Sabaria does two. If I read all of these from the bottom, although Nickelback had only five, that's disturbing, isn't it? Oh, well. Pod had four. Pod rhymes with... Oh, God. Bloodhound Gang had seven, which at least beat Destiny's Child, who had only six. I'm just skipping around. Enrique had nine. How do you like that? Yeah. Maricones. 
See, System of a Down had nine. Sean Paul, ten. Stained had ten. Train, ten. Pink had ten, as in one of the pink and one in Scoran. Corn had twelve. Nelly Furtano had twelve. She's great. Yes. The White Stripes and Collective Soul and Three Doors Down each had 13. Dream Theater had 14. Wilco, 15. Josh Groban, 16. I have no idea who that is. Nope. I hear he's grabbing it. Incubus, 17. That's excellent. Limp Biscuit, 17, which is less excellent. Avril Lavigne, 17. Blink, 182, 19. Beyonce, 22. Oh, the good news is George saw the new uh, Toxic video with Britney this morning. Yeah. They must have not put in the new restrictions yet on MTV. Wait till uh, uh, Mel Carmison finds out about that. He'll probably have me showing it every 20 minutes. Uh, Beyonce, 22. No doubt, 28. Sarah McLaughlin, 28. Kid Rock had... About 30, man. Shakira, 31. Britney Spears, 32. Smashing Pumpkins, 35. As Coldplay, also 35. Matchbox, 20, 37. The Counting Crows, 42. Nora Jones, 60. Foo Fighters, 64. Magnificent. Radiohead, 65. Eminem, 68. <laughs> Lincoln Park, 69. Outcast, 75. Shania Twain, 87. Pearl Jam, 133, and Dave Matthews Band, <coughs> 212. 212 yeah. votes, winning. Well, I told you that, didn't I? I know. You won't listen to me. No. They're bigger than life itself. I can't tell you why, but they're bigger than life they itself. Got just like hats. Just like McDonald's is very, very big. And so is vanilla ice cream, and so is the Rascal House, and Ugh. a lot of things are kind of like a state of mind. You know what I'm saying? It's called good marketing. Something we don't do yeah. at QAM. Oh, I'm sorry, Miguel. Well, he, he can't, can't help it. He's got that big budget. budget. He'd have a good budget if that bitch wouldn't have spent all the money in like about two months. <laughs> what? It's funny because it's true. All right, that's why I said it. <laughs> that's why she ain't there no more, that Doreen bitch. We have that memo out now. With her fat ass. You that's can't... one reason Miguel's in a much better mood about things. At least he's not getting chased up and down the hall by Doreen. You realize you can't reload a stapler in the building now without three department heads signing off. Now all he's got to worry about is freaky Carlos. Anyway, this story you just faxed me is very disturbing. Maybe we'll have to postpone the Willie Williams show starting Monday morning, 8 to 10 on QAM. Let me know if you want the other two pages, if it's interesting no. enough. No. A high school teammate who joined Willie Williams on a recruiting trip to Florida said the 19-year-old linebacker appeared to be under the influence of something <laughs> during a wild evening that resulted in three sworn complaints being filed against him. He just had a bad night. Somebody slipped him a mickey, okay? Maybe he was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That might have done it. I've never seen him act like that, said Akeem Robinson, an offensive lineman who played with, I wonder how offensive he is, played with Williams last season at Carroll City and shared a room with him during their official visit to Florida January 30th, February 1. I was very surprised to ask him, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Williams, who signed a letter of intent with the University of Miami, of course, has a bond hearing today after spending three days in the Broward County Jail for violation of his probation. He's been charged with battery and criminal mischief, both misdemeanors, and for discharging fire extinguishers, a felony in the Gainesville incidents. Robinson said Williams wasn't able to recall many of the events the night of January 30. When was it? About 30, man. Or the early mornings of uh, January 31. I only remembered bits and pieces, Robinson said during a telephone interview Wednesday. I j uh, he just couldn't explain in detail what happened. He just couldn't. The 6'2", 225-pound linebacker allegedly grabbed slash hugged a female UF student against her will at 11 p.m. January 30, engaged in a fight at a local nightclub around 2.30, and discharged fire extinguishers about 90 minutes later at a local hotel where UF was housing recruits. And, of course, he's got those burglary charges against him and a whole bunch of these other things. He was arrested ten other times, but he just has some of these bad days, okay? We don't know what gets into him, but um, he just has a few bad days. I'm telling you, it's Jesus. I say give him, cut him some slack and let him do the show, okay? Because we're looking for somebody that doesn't want to get paid to do it. Joe Rose is starting to get a little bit cantankerous about that whole thing. Oh, speaking of can canker, we'll get to that later. Got a lot of fish to fry here, I'll tell you that. QAM, hello. 
QAM. Hey, you're speaking to you? Speaking. This is John. How you doing? Yes, John. Okay. I'm the, I want to jump off the cliff today, Neil. I'm the one that nominated Dave Matthews. All those front-running, I don't even like them. So why did you nominate him? I just figured they would hit the top of the pole, and I was right. I'll tell you. They are the worst. Well, go ahead and jump, uh, John. We'll, I'm we'll forgive you. I'm okay, jumping. Good, good job. He's the one that started. Oh, here's the pull for today. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get this out of the way because once I get rolling here, man, we got a lot of crap to do. I'm sorry. It's just one of those. Sorry, Eric. I, I emailed him 30 stories. About 30, man. I think actually it was 31 because I added the Paul Krugman column this morning. Uh, 31 stories, which is way too many. But, you know, it's just one of those things. It was one of those days. There was a lot of heavy-duty crap going on. You know what I mean? No. Some days there's not much, right. but there was a lot of crap going on. And the reason I keep saying that is because I like saying crap, because pretty soon we won't be able to say it. Or do it. If Miguel's people have their way. Crap. That's right. All you right-wing fascist people that you love, all those Batista uh, lickers. He's out anyway, of that club. Here's... What? He's out of that club. No, he's not. In his family, you never get out of that club. And he's going to be really porked off. I hope he hasn't seen that picture of Celia Cruz bearing her uh, thing to all. That. That, oh, that is so grotesque. <laughs> She's bearing it. And it looks like she's doing something else, too, at the same time. That's called killing two birds with one stone. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a real one, you know? She had a real penis. Forget about the strap-on variety. I think Celia may have had a real one. It's you just a saying? large. Just a gigantic. Anyway, here's today's poll. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth on radio and TV? we got nine excellent choices. Now, I realize that you have to pick the one that most best agrees with what you think, because there are many of these that, like, slop over onto each other. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth on radio and TV, as Michael is squeezing his powers about it? I agree. Clean it all up now. Let's have more sex, less violence. Oh! Whatever happened to freedom of speech? I'm sorry. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? I don't want the government censoring my entertainment. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole. It was just one partial teat, you morons. Where do I get my passport quick? Freedom in America is dead. Or the Bush government and the FCC are obscene. Now, I realize there's much crossover there, right? Much. But that's okay. Pick one. I know it's hard, okay. but stick your finger in there real deep. Or maybe in your butt, you know. Rectum. Pick one. See. Okay. Right. That's what Mo does every day. He says he's down to only one a day. Twenty... 26 after 10. Don't forget, 2 o'clock deadline for those pictures. Contest at neilrogers.com. And if you have any private messages, if you want to go cuckoo-cachoo to Miguel, if you'd like to set up a date with Miguel, nobody's, uh, his wife will never know. Contest at neilrogers.com. From what I'm hearing, he ain't that choosy lately. 26 past, not, not that Doreen left. Hey, I'll tell you about a place where they're very choosy about what they cook for you, and that's the Pizza Loft in Davie. They've been going strong for a long time. While all the others have come and gone over these years. I, they've been around almost 30 years. About 30, man. In South Florida, Pizza Loft. And, of course, they've been in that Broward location in Davie for a hell of a long time, serving up the best Italian goodies you'll find anywhere at prices like those. Man, they give you gigantic portions. They cook everything to order fresh. And the prices are so low, you can go in there with the whole gang over and over again, almost as often as the Rimmers who eat for free or close to it. Uh, every Friday, well, let's see, we've got uh, tons of added tables in there now, too, so you don't have to wait online on the weekends like you do in most restaurants in Broward. they got the best garlic rolls going anywhere. they got combination dinners. they got your chicken and veal, every kind of pasta ever invented, seafood, calzone, super subs, and three different kinds of pizza, count them uno, dos, tres. And they got takeout and delivery. They cater for as low as five bucks per person for your next affair. You can't beat it with a stick. 
Call 954-916-8880 for takeout or delivery. 954-916-8880. You'll find a pizza loft in that same great spot in Davie, right there on University Drive between Griffin and 595 behind Pier 1 Imports in the Pizza Loft Plaza. Lots of free parking, too. So this weekend, for a fantastic feast at a teeny tiny price, head for the world-famous Pizza Loft in Davie. Sports Radio 560. Dr. Atkins said, limit your fruits, right? Few fruits, okay, but too many fruits could be very bad for you. 1033, we got more on Atkins later. In fact, we got some pictures that I'm going to be showing you. Where are those pictures? <laughs> Casey Kasem's got them. Oh, this is really great. And, of course, uh, Ed Gillespie's having a nervous breakdown. He's the head of the Republican National Committee. He's a Schmidt in his pants. Uh, Democrat plan, Democrats plan dirtiest campaign in modern history is what he says. Of course, I guess that doesn't count with the Fudge Report smear uh, campaign that already started against Kerry <laughs> about this sex scandal. It's Penis Gate Part 2, baby. See, when they do it, it's okay. Anything that comes from the far right, all the crap that they want to spew, that's fine. But when it comes from the other side and it happens to be true, like Bush and his military record, or this, in this article that I just, uh, from Tampa, from the Tampa, um, whatever this paper is, Tribune. Uh, he's going on about uh, it's going to be the dirtiest campaign in modern, modern presidential politics. You know what they're peeing in their pants about? What are they peeing in I'm their sure pants? you recall, and I mentioned this to you before the show today, back in 2000, in the days, just the days before, and of course time ran out, and somebody got to the woman. In the days before the election, there was that story circulating about uh, Bush having knocked up some woman in Texas and then taking her for right. abortion yes. and personally driving her to the abortion clinic and Correct. she was ready to spill the beans, and Larry Flint was ready to go on. In fact, uh, your close friend Al Goldstein was going to have Larry Flint call us that one day. Remember that? Right. We sat there waiting for the call that never came, because either Larry got cold feet, which at least he had some sensation in his feet, which is good, but uh, or uh, they made her an offer she couldn't refuse. So uh, 
uh, Ed Gillespie even mentioned this the other day about, well, they're going to cook up this story that they're going to be releasing about the, the president uh, had this uh, woman got her pregnant and uh, took her for an abortion in Texas, and it's just more smear. Now, why would he even mention that? Hmm? Unless, of course, they know that somebody already is onto it and have been for a long time. The jig is up. Now, wouldn't you think that that would be a little bit um, just explosive for this president to find out that this great moral leader, this great religionist, it was, of course, uh, I guess that was before he found right. Jesus. And See, one thing when you're dealing the with the religious right, you can't, you can't, uh, if, in fact, they love you even more if you were fallen and then you found Jesus, all depending on how far you fell and who you fell on. And, of course, if it was a guy, then they don't forgive. This we do not forgive. Let's see. P.R. Ralph says, Happy Valentine's Day. Whistle, just put your lips together and blow, is what he says. That, sound, that sounds like a proposition to me. <laughs> wow, we got more crap. Let's take a quick first look at that poll. Look at this. See, it's a difficult choice, to be honest with you. 72 votes. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth on radio and TV where all of this crap is coming down on your tube? And there's nothing worse than filth coming on your tube. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 23. Absolutely. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 15. It was just one partial tit, you morons, 9. A teat, 9. Let's have more sex, less violence, 9. I agree. Clean it all up now, 5. Oh. Yeah, clean it up. Clean up all up. Crap. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 4. Freedom in America is dead, three. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, three, which I guess, you know, is pretty obvious. And where do I get my passport quick, says Uno, solamente Uno with that. Speaking of obscene things, uh, this from the uh, prisonplanet.com website, which we have a link to on our on our website. It's a little on the extreme side, if you ever looked at it. It's a little bit over the top, but this article isn't something they wrote. This is from the London Guardian. Mm-hmm. Remember Dr. David Kelly? Not that. to be confused with Dr. David Kay, who evidently was made an offer he could uh, not refuse. You mean the one that committed suicide, that uh, doctor? Yeah, like the dog that committed suicide in Jason Williams' house. Right, and the driver. Right, and the limo driver. No, well, the dog did that. Since three of us wrote our letter to the Guardian, and of course it's signed by three public health experts in, uh, in England. Anyway, it says, since the three of us wrote our letter to the Guardian January 27th, questioning whether Dr. Kelly's death was a suicide, we've received... Professional support for our view from vascular surgeon Martin Bernstingle, pathologist Dr. Peter Fletcher, and consultant in public health Dr. Andrew Rouse. We all agree that it's highly improbable that the primary cause of Dr. Kelly's death was hemorrhage from a transection of a single ulnar artery, as stated by Brian Hutton in his report. And it goes out with some very complicated medical about this artery and that artery and this transection and all this other. Then it says, we believe the verdict given is in contradiction to medical teaching is at variance with documented cases of risk-slash-suicides and does not align itself with the evidence presented at the inquiry. We call for the reopening of the inquest by the coroner where a jury may be called and evidence taken on oath. In other words, they're not buying it, this old suicide theory of Dr. David Kelly. Good. Who was the whistleblower on that whole thing about sexing up the uh, information on Iraq. And then, of course, uh, the BBC reported that, and uh, BBC very quickly was uh, told what, what they could do. They made them an offer they couldn't refuse, and a whole bunch of them like resigned and ran away because uh, they remember Dr. Kelly. And they thought, oh, we don't want to have that happen to us. Not that that would happen, of course. Speaking of that, death threat made in Jackson case. Now, don't forget I got that Vanity uh, Fair column, that article. 
Okay, it goes on for about 20,000 pages on Michael Jackson, which is timely because that uh, second hearing is going to be today. He ain't going to be there. But another hearing on Michael Jackson, the pedophile. Death threat claiming Jackson case, this ties right in with what's in that article in Vanity Fair. This is from CBS. The comedy club owner who introduced Michael Jackson to the boy he's accused of molesting says he's been receiving death threats and that he's not the only one getting them. Jamie Masada said yesterday on CBS News' The Early Show that he's received threats on his cell, home and business telephones, and an email. I'm getting a lot of death threats that they don't want me talking about. They don't want anybody to talk about anything, he told co-anchor Hannah Storm. Listen to me, Jamie Masada. It's going to be over for you, your family, and your business if you don't stop talking about the king of pop, reads one of the email messages. It goes on to say, I'm putting a bomb in your laugh factory, his comedy club, and your house. Masada said he's not frightened and won't stop speaking out on behalf of the boy. The number one thing I want to let people know, he needs a kidney still and his blood is O negative. It's oh. negative, CMV negative, he said. So anybody with that blood and if you have a kidney, please contact the Kidney Foundation, Masada said. I wonder if he's related to Isabel de Casada. Maybe. Wasn't that her name, Isabel de Masada? Something oh. like that. The next hearing in the case is today, but Jackson won't be there. Lawyers will discuss the date for a preliminary hearing where the first evidence will be presented and then we'll take up the issue of whether to open court records to the public. It's expected today to be a much more low-key affair than the arraignment January 16, where hundreds of fans packed the streets, hundreds of idiots, and Jackson climbed atop his black SUV and danced as his songs blasted out. Just exactly where you hear it, a, a, a legal uh, proceeding, right? He was just excited. We don't anticipate many fans coming today. There will be really nothing for them to see, Santa Maria Police Lieutenant Chris Vaughn said. Judge Rodney Melville, brother of Herman, has refused to unseal several search warrants. Today's hearing will include requests from news organizations, including the AP, that the records be unsealed. The judge will also revisit the gag order imposed in the case. He may amend it to allow attorneys to respond to inaccurate reports. The court date comes as the singer makes an effort to seize control of his public image. He's going to be more proactive in speaking for himself on all matters outside the trial, said his new spokeswoman, Raymond K. Bain. He's tired of the circus-like atmosphere surrounding him. <laughs> Which, of course, is why he got on top of that SUV right. and was dancing and prancing like some kind of a silly goose. 19 before 11 at 560 QAM.
all weekend long, you'll have a chance to see Angelina Jolie's nips on our website there. We're going to change it today, but because it's uh, in such great demand. Yeah. Right? We want to make sure that everybody has their way with her. want to make sure you have a chance to see it like 10, 15, About 30, man. 30 times before uh, you're exhausted. Right. And then maybe Halley's Berries are going to pop up there right. on Monday. We're going to try to go for quality rather than quantity with these guys. Is that what it is? Things. Yeah. Yeah, some really good quality stuff that can really arouse your interest, and you can sit there and uh, gaze and peer at it. You know, with your peers? <laughs> gaze. You can get all the gaze. And, of course, if Angelina Jolie don't do it for you, I guarantee you right underneath it is uh, Celia whipping it out. Yeah. She's whipping it right out. And it's a beautiful thing. Don't let Michael uh, Powell see that. He'd get really pissed off. Speaking of Michael Moore, I got a really good uh, article by him coming a little later. I got just all kinds of stuff here, and I know that Miguel is foaming at the mouth. Let's take a couple of calls, though, because Miguel is working this first hour. And he just can't stand me sitting here and reading a lot of stuff, because mostly he doesn't understand it. Huh? WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing today? Pretty good, sir. Good. I wanted to mention uh, on this Kerry thing with the Republican slandering going on, Miss uh, Teresa Hines Kerry mentioned that the only way she would dip into that $500 million war chest is if they went after her husband. So the Republicans better watch out, or yeah. she'll throw some money on them that they can't quite put together. One thing you're going to be really interested, I just checked again uh, during the last break, and even the most ultra-right-wing websites aren't touching that story with a 10-foot uh, thing, you know. Uh, they have not a word about it on there. So Miss Fudge has just strictly put herself out on a limb, which is okay, because he's being subsidized by Richard Mellon Scape, so we can afford to do it. But uh, just absolute hysteria. Just throw it up there and hope everybody runs with it and see if we can't do to uh, carry what they did to Clinton. Their day of reckoning is coming, and we don't have a wimp running this time. I reckon. Okay, good luck to us, Pally. See, there you go. We had a couple of calls today so far, pretty good calls. The guy apologized for the Dave Matthews band, and this guy was excellent. So what, what, what's not to like? So far, so good. We're going for quality, not quantity, Miguel. Okay, if it was up to Miguel, we'd take like 6,000 calls, unless, of course, he had to screen them. Right. <laughs> then read all you want. <laughs> right. Then he'd be all for all reading all the time. Let's see. Here's a fax that says the freaking Dave Matthews band. You can't tell if he's puking or yodeling. He sucks. Absolutely correct, sir. Hey, I didn't vote for the Dave Matthews band. I'll tell you that right now. I mm-hmm. think I voted for Incubus or somebody. You voted for Lincoln Park, just like me. Lincoln Park. And second would have been Incubus. It says, uh, like the Grateful Dead, what was so good about them? Well, the fact that he's dead anyway. And, of course, don't forget the fish food ice cream. Mm-hmm. It says, I don't get it. Today's pool, more titties. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> yeah. More nudity, more sex, less violence. We don't want all that violence. Who needs it? We want violence. We'll go see The Godfather. At least it was entertaining. It was great. Just this gratuitous violence. We don't need that. We can open the window and look outside in any city in America and see all the, all the violence you want for free. And it's for real. So let's have a lot more sex on TV just to piss off Michael Powell and all the other goody two-shoes right-wingers. And, of course, we know that they don't have any sex scandals. Thank God for that, like Bob Packwood and like the guy from uh, Bob Montgomery. What was his name, Montgomery? Okay. Whatever the hell his name was. Livingston. Mr. Livingston, I presume? I think he was from Montgomery, Alabama. Wherever the hell he was from, Mississippi, Alabama, all the same crap. Wow. And, of course, Henry's Hyde. How come he got off the hook so easy? Because he was old and feeble, is that it, and fat? And rich. And rich, that must have been it. Anyway, don't forget the Hot Couples Contest. you got uh, three hours and 11 minutes, but who's counting until the deadline, 2 o'clock? And this is the last day to submit your entries to contest at neilrogers.com. And next week, we'll put all the pictures up on our website, and you can vote for whichever couple you think is the hottest, or whoever you like the most, or whoever's paying you off the most, whatever. And a couple with the most votes at the end, in other words, a week from today at 2 o'clock, at the end of the contest, wins their choice of one of these uh, two prizes, either... 
A three-night vacation, all-inclusive with all meals and all beverages, the exception of airfare and personal expenses at Hedonism in Jamaica, or, if you prefer, a two-night vacation at the Royal Oasis Resort and Casino in the Bahamas, which only includes airfare to Grand Bahama Island, all the other stuff you pay for, whichever those you want. So uh, whichever trip is left over, the second the runner-up gets that one, and the third-place winner gets dinner for two at the Pizza Loft, where you can have for yourself a great time, pig out, eat as much as you want, and uh, titter away as the rimmers continue shoveling it down their puss for free. You'll have a wonderful time. Jeff will take good care of you, I guarantee you, and the food, too. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Once we finish with a couple of calls, that'll be pretty much it. Once we dump Miguel out of there. WQAM, hello. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, sir. Uh, what exactly did you do to that crybaby on Big 106? He was, like, whining all night last night about you. Who's that? I don't know. He, he kept on saying, Neil Rogers this and Neil Rogers that. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Who Who is it? Uh, it's one of the nighttime DJs. You pissed him off somehow. He was, like, all, all four hours of a show... Revolved around whining about you every time he came back on the air. On Big 106? Yeah, yeah, like McClin, McClin, Jock or Talk or. He was yeah. crying about you all night last night. So, like what? What was he talking about? Hey, he was saying F. Neil Rogers, and I, I've never done this with Neil Rogers, and Neil Rogers. Uh, it was just. Well, guess yeah, what? F, it, F, F him. How do you like that? And uh, let's elect John Kerry. Be young. What did he just say? Elect John Kerry. Oh. Well, we don't really care if you like John Kerry, but that's fine with us. Uh, now, see, they're not all going to be great, Miguel. That's why if you push it too far, then you're going to get that. Five, six, seven, but I want to make sure that while you're there, you're entertained with some of these great calls because I know that's the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes. That's where it's at for you. For us, fat. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir? Oh, boy. Somebody just sent oh, me boy. an email. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody just sent me an email with uh, next year's halftime show. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, Janet's covered it in duct tape. Uh-huh. Head to toe. They better duck, pal. <coughs> Just sent that in your direction. Oh, and, of course, those Canadians who fart a lot, like in a South Park movie, you better <coughs> get rid of them, too. I should put that on the website. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? <coughs> yeah. That movie was so great. Oh, and and like I said yesterday, it, it fit right in. You're right. The time, I watched it on the perfect day. I've had that right. for a few weeks now, but I, I couldn't have picked a better time to watch it. That's right. Because all of this outrage about the farting horses in the commercials. Right. Well, you people grow up. You're supposed to be adults. And I'm sure that nobody in Congress in America ever farts. No, no, no way. And especially not while they're sitting there in their pew. No way. They have a HEPA filter. Can you imagine Henry Hyde when he would have oh. cut one? Good God. Or Ted Kennedy? Those beer farts will kill you, man. Probably smells like wet dog. Man, I love you, Teddy, but Jesus, God. Lose an ounce or two. 87 gay couples wed in San Francisco. Are you ready for that? Yes. You have to really, uh, the story kept changing like every five minutes because it started out with the first, the lesbian couple, and then it was eight couples, and then it was 15, and now 87 couples, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, which dropped your story, by the way, Miss Fudge, from their website. They're on to you. In an open challenge to California law, city authorities performed scores of same-sex weddings yesterday and issued a stack of marriage licenses to gay and lesbian couples. Many of the lesbians were stacked. Jubilant gay couples lined up under City Hall's gold dome and exchanged vows in two-minute ceremonies. Today, a barrier to true justice has been removed, said Gavin Newsom, newly elected mayor of the city, considered the capital of gay America. 
No state legally sanctions gay marriage. It remains unclear what practical value the marriage licenses will have. The weddings violate a ballot measure California voters approved in 2000 that defines marriage as a union between a man and a woman. And uh, these people yesterday said, Bafangula to you. The nuptials began with longtime lesbian activists Phyllis Lyons, 79, and Del Martin, 83, who have been a couple for 51 years. By the end of the day, 87 marriage ceremonies were performed and 95 marriage licenses had been issued. How do you like that? So okay. I'm thinking like Miguel and Freaky Carlos, I can just see it this weekend, huh? Key West? Who's or maybe uh, maybe Muffin uh, Clarence. <laughs> or Clarence and the Beast. You know something, we ought to do that on Monday. Well, that could be a good poll question. <laughs> huh? Match people up. Match people up. Which uh, Who would you like to see as the next gay marriage, the first gay marriage in South Florida? Sanctioned by QAM, sanctioned by Greg Reed. Gridlock and marriage debate in Massachusetts, though. This, the, the boy, talk about uh, they're between a rock and a hard place. They're between Plymouth Rock and uh, Nantucket. The state's historic court decision declaring same-sex marriage is legal was left intact last night after a deeply divided, hysterical Massachusetts legislature was forced to adjourn its constitutional convention without passing a ban on gay marriage. They don't know whether to scream or eat a banana. Legislators scheduled their next convention session for March 11. With gay marriage opponents chanting, we want to vote, and gay marriage supporters singing, God bless America, in the hallways, the chaotic session ended at midnight. Lawmakers were unable to find a majority to support any of four measures designed to overturn the historic November ruling of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Judicial Court, which declared gay marriage constitutional and said, just do it. Just do it. Shortly after 10 o'clock last night, supporters of gay marriage staged the filibuster designed to delay the proceedings until the midnight deadline for the session. Their opponents responded by walking out to focus public attention on what was happening and force a vote, but Senate President Robert uh, Travellini allowed the filibuster to continue by recognizing only lawmakers who opposed a ban on gay marriage to speak until midnight arrived. Earlier, the legislature had defeated a proposed constitutional amendment sponsored by Representative Philip Travis that would have banned gay marriage. Gay rights advocates applauded the day's event, saying they had succeeded for the moment in their task of keeping any measure that would deny rights to gays and lesbians out of the state constitution for the moment. And, it, again, all the hysteria, like I told you the other day, is kind of a moot point because the Supreme Court in Massachusetts said, uh, do it. And they said, well, how about if we just have civil union? And they said, no, do it. Right. And uh, that's going to start in mid-May. You think there's a lot of marriage in San Francisco. You wait to see what's going to happen in Provincetown come the middle of May, okay? And, of course, I'm sure Miguel's been in Provincetown many times. You know you can sell, like, if you're a royal, you can sell your title? Right. Could you possibly sell your marital status? Why, you want to buy the title queen? I'm not selling it. No, I'm going to sell my marital status to some gay, deserving gay Oh, couple. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Too late now. Ah, uh, damn it. 225 votes. What's your take on the mass hysteria over the uh, in the USA about filth on radio and TV? All them titties, man, they're popping out all over the place. They're falling out. Oh, and speaking of falling out, Christina Aguilera on the Grammy, she had a thing, and she even made the comment. Right. How the hell she kept those things in there was just unbelievable. Did you see that? Yeah, glue. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 62. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 44. Let's have more sex, less violence, 32. Freedom in America is dead, 26. It was just one partial teat, you morons, 20. What's the big deal? I agree, clean it all up now, 13. Five and a half percent are outraged and pissed off, although they will watch it again. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, 13. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 11. And where do I get my passport quick? Say, 8. Live, Live 
and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Come on, baby. Come play with these titties. Them. Hell, it damn near killed him. 1103 at 560 WQM. Mitch Lewis, the great Mitch Lewis, most famous for saying, Oy. and wrecked him. Uh, he's going to be the voice on that show we were talking about yesterday with the Widow Dwarfs. See, I think that's going to be great. That's yes. going to be on Fox, the other side of Fox, the left wing side of Fox that makes all the money to subsidize Rupert Murdoch's right wing propaganda machine, which also the Fox News Net. Did they put on that uh, fudge story yesterday? No. No. Is it on their website today? No. No. Huh. Hey, do we already have this story about uh, no. the presidency's driving record and all that? Uh, no. Rot? Okay, on its way. Oh, no. Thank you, are Russell. You are you starting to be part of the smear campaign? Oh, I've been smearing for a long time. Good. And slathering. Smear it like crazy, okay? I mean, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. They've got Miss Fudge on there with that, with that flashing light, hysterical, with the uh, old whirly bird light on there, just going crazy yesterday. <laughs> oh, Kerry sex scandal, it's a penis thing. And, of course, he does get excited when it's a penis thing, believe me. Trust me when I tell you, his uh, quivers. Now, is Miguel still there? No, he would left. Oh, good. I know, I didn't mean that. <laughs> well, no, he's got to take care of this contest stuff, okay? He's got to oversee that because today is a very significant day. We're not getting yes. any new entries yet? Not yet uh, since this morning. Okay. Well, I just want to keep uh, abreast of it. I want to keep abreast. Now, uh, i just do this real quick. A U.N. official said today it was unlikely elections could be held in before U.S. set June 30th deadline for handing power to the Iraqis. About 30, man. And several Iraqi leaders said there was growing support for scrapping the entire U.S. blueprint for establishing a new government. U.N. Special Envoy Lakdar Brahimi, meanwhile, warned Iraqis to be aware of the risk of civil war as they try to find an acceptable formula for sovereignty. And, of course, this is uh, going to screw up all the uh, Karl Rove's plans for that election. Right? Right. And I like they want to have before the presidential election to make it appear that, oh, everything is under control. Look at that. we got democracy over there. <laughs> right. Which is why we have all these um, terrorist acts going on every day. It, again, very disturbing that there weren't all these terrorist acts going on in Iraq every day before the uh, middle of March. We're there. Saddam no. Tucker. Although it was also the fact that Saddam Hussein and the devil were having a gay affair in the South Park the movie. <laughs> I, thought, I mean, the timing of the whole thing was, for me, just so uh, special. It was you know? perfect. And that was made in, like, 98, 99? 99. Yeah. Uh, well, they, uh, they were Prussian. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Bush's driving records disclosed. The White House disclosed information and documents yesterday showing that President Bush had been arrested once for a college prank and was cited for two auto accidents and two speeding tickets before he enlisted in the National Guard. Well, why is this? Uh, oh, I see. The traffic violations are significant in the context of Bush's military career. Oh, this is great, like I said. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Russell. 
At the time Bush enlisted in the Texas National Guard, the Air Force typically would have had to issue a waiver for an applicant who had multiple arrest or driving violations. An officer was served at the same time as the president. Former Texas Air National Guard pilot Dean Room was required by the Air Force to get a waiver for a $25 speeding ticket when he enlisted in the Air National Guard in 1967. There is no record of any enlistment waiver in Bush's military file. And I got a story a little bit later on here, in fact, in a moment or two, Bush on no-show at Alabama basis, a Memphis guy who was there. Probably a commie. <laughs> the White House described the four traffic incidents as negligent collisions in July of... I can't read that. I can't read the uh, year. August 62 and two speeding tickets in July and August of 64. Bush was a teenager at the time. Well, there you go. That's he was just a young yeah, punk. Sure. Uh, McClellan didn't indicate any cause of the accidents. He said Bush paid a $10 fine for the speeding tickets, a $25 fine for the collisions. It was not immediately clear whether the amounts were for each incident or combined. You think the Bush family could afford it? Gee. Bush's military file contained a second document that also asked for any information on any arrest. Portions of that page, his enlistment application, are blacked out. When in doubt, they blacked them out. Now, that's bad. How do you like that? <clears throat> And you got more of this priest stuff now? Oh, that's right. Dan Burton and the Love Child. There's another Republican, another phony, mm -hmm. phony baloney. There's so many of them. Like, how about the guy from Maryland, Robert Bauman, who was a Bible thumping, right wing, lunatic Republican, who was always, uh, doing the homophobic thing. And then they got caught him soliciting a 15 year old boy for sex with money. And, uh, he became a gay rights activist shortly after that. Oh. Quit the Republican Party, and all of a sudden he turned to the Lord. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't forget, like I've always told you, the ones who point the fingers, they're the ones to run like crazy when you see them. By the way, I lied about those pictures. Apparently, we have a couple, three more. Okay, well, I'll get around to them. We've got plenty of time. They're coming in. They're pumping them in. How's the pull coming? We've got such a heavy-duty uh, thing here, man, such heavy-duty. And, of course, Miguel, you know, oh, you got to take some calls. I like the calls. WQAM, hello. By the way, I lied about those Hey, Neil, what's going on? How you doing, sir? Great. Uh, I a couple of comments uh, to make. One is a little story about my child. He's in fifth grade. He, uh, they were going over all the state birds and bees and flags and all that stuff. And while I was prepping him, I would always tell him the state bird is the early bird. Well, uh -huh. he's a jokester like his father, I guess, and he put that down on a test. The principal calls me up and brings me into school to admonish me about him writing that down as the state bird being the early bird. Ah, oh, Jesus, are you f***ing kidding me? No. <laughs> and th then the other comment I was going to make, as far as, <clears throat> the president and all this stuff going on, being blacked out and this and that. Hey, he had parents that were able to do things like that. Why not just say it instead of, you yeah, know, all this other that's crap? Right. His parents were loaded. Daddy was the head of the CIA. All of these things, and uh, he had the right connections. Absolutely. Have a great day, Neil. You Bye. too, Pally. Thanks. Let's see. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth on radio and TV? I do want to, I, I mentioned this yesterday, but it's very chilling, okay, for all the chilling out there in the audience. The Bush government and the FCC are of scene 84. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment 54. Let's have more sex, less violence, 45. Freedom in America is dead, 28. It was just one partial teat, you morons, 26. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, uh, 18. I agree. Clean it all up now, 17. That's 5.7%. Uh, uh, whatever happened to freedom of speech, 12, and where do I get my passport quick, 10, out of almost 300 votes? Now, I did read this yesterday, but it varied, I might read it every day, just to make you understand how bad this be getting now. 
frustrated by the profanity and nudity on television that culminated with Janet Jackson and Justin Tinkerbell's sexy Super Bowl dance, <laughs> angry lawmakers Wednesday raised the prospect of expanding the fight against indecency on television to cable networks for the first time. In separate simultaneous hearings, members of the House and Senate told members of the FCC and the president of CBS Viacom that fines could be just the beginning of a new crackdown on profanity and decency on U.S. airwaves. They're talking about uh, increasing by tenfold the fines per violation. Uh. Lawmakers, including Republicans, usually wary of government regulation, except when it's convenient for their goody-two-shoes posturing, raised the possibility of getting even tougher, such as passing a three-strikes-and-you're-off-the-air law that would revoke the FCC licenses of repeat offenders. Senator John McCain favored a suggestion by the Consumers Union that Congress require cable and satellite operators to offer a la carte programming in which people pick and pay only for the channels they want. Let me say it again. Did you people ever hear of parental controls? No. Huh? Of lockouts on TV and uh, satellite and cable? No. No. Congress would have to change the rules governing the FCC before the Commission could expand its oversight of cable TV because cable is a subscription service that doesn't use the public airwaves and historically has been out of the FCC's jurisdiction. Again, that's the operative part of this whole story. doesn't go... See, that's always their rationale. Well, you know, they're, they're using... We're loaning to them the public airwaves, and they're putting all this filth on there. Well, cable doesn't use the public airwaves. People willingly and voluntarily subscribe to and pay for a service, and they watch whatever the hell they want without any government intervention or intrusion. But... Mm-hmm. Because of the times in which we live, because we have a bunch of posturing, phony hypocrites on both sides of the political aisle, all of whom are terrified of, uh, you know, looking like they're uh, endorsing smut. God forbid. Smut and filth and teats, man. Oh, no. We would never do nothing like that. Right? Right. Even Ted Kennedy would never look at a teat. <laughs> right. I'm saving that story. I think I might read it every day. It's just, it's just... So astonishing to me. You're savoring it. And George was just lucky as all hell. It's a good, damn good thing you saw Toxic with Britney Spears right. this morning at 9.30 in the morning. That was good timing. That was like Because karma. MTV is now making, uh, in fact, didn't we have the list? I had the list a couple of days ago. Right. They had a list of five videos that they're going to like start, I don't know when they start doing it, after you've seen it enough times to tape it. <laughs> they're going to start uh, putting it on 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. because, well, uh, it's a little bit too racy for daytime. Because children might see Britney, you know, like like they haven't already seen her uh, practically naked as a jaybird. Not naked enough or often enough. No, but like I said. So anyway, there you go. But the censorship just continues. The drumbeat for sen- as we continue taking these not little teeny tiny steps, but these gigantic huge strides back into the Stone Age, man, into the Stone Age. This bunch makes Reagan look like a goddamn progressive. Well, it's unbelievable. Twelve minutes after eleven. Just calm down. Don't get all bent out of shape. Twelve past eleven and five sixty. WQM. The Mad Dog at two this afternoon because Willie Williams is uh, busy. The Humper. Uh, Hank Goldberg. Four to six fifty. At six fifty uh, till eleven. Till eleven. Gators at Hurricane Baseball. It's going to be a four-hour game. I know that college baseball games are a little on the long side. I broadcast about 10,000 of them, but 6.50 to 11. Well, whenever the game is over, Eddie K will be on until 2 in the morning. And then 2 to 6 in the a.m. at Sporting News Radio. We apologize in advance for that. President's Day is only a couple of days away. It's on Monday. And every year at President's Day, the mall stores and the showrooms go nuts trying to peddle you mattresses with phony sales. That's right. The ones where they double the price then say, hey, look at this. We're going to cut it in half and give you 50% off. Well, forget about that. If you want real, honest-to-goodness, rock-bottom prices with no games on the best mattresses all year round, you know what to do. Call Dial-A-Mattress toll-free 
at 1-800-MATTRESS. No phony sales, no bait and swish, just every day on beatable rock bottom prices on the best mattresses going anywhere to make sure you and your back get a great night's sleep for years to come. They got Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, and even Stearns and Bananas Foster. Choose from dozens of models at low, unbeatable, everyday discount prices. Enjoy a great night's sleep for years to come by making just one easy phone call, 1-800-MATTRESS. And only dollar mattress, they're the only ones still who let you choose the two-hour delivery window that meets your schedule any day, seven days a week, from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. when you're going to be home and it's convenient for you. And guess what? They really show up. With low prices, same-day delivery, free setup and removal, it's easy to see why nobody nowhere comes close to the dollar mattress deal all the way around. So don't get sucked in by those phony President's Day ads or any other ones. Do what the smart folks, including George, Brian, uh, uh, Miguel, and Fat Boy, yours truly, are doing a QM and all else around town. Call toll-free 1-800-MATTRESS. That's 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Or online, you know where to go. It's mattress.com. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Rogers. Absolutely. Picked up the phone in my hotel. A voice said it's over, go to hell. I was so damn relieved, I just laughed out loud. <laughs> Eleven nineteen at 560 WQAM. Youngstown Diocese reports 19 abuse allegations, none in the last 13 years, though. Thank the Lord for that, because it is Friday the 13th. Ooh. 19 Roman Catholic priests in the Youngstown Diocese have been accused of sexually abusing children since 1950, but none in the last 13 years, and none currently working in the ministry, the bishop said yesterday. The allegations involved about 2% of the 862 priests who worked in the diocese over the past half century. Bishop Thomas Tobin said in releasing details as part of a national report due February 27 from Catholic bishops, yada, yada, yada. Why did you even fax that to me? I know, just because it's about more bad priests. Oh, sex crime case brings indictment for priests. <laughs> you are, you're relentless, man. You're brutal. Can't help it. From the Dallas Morning News, in what may be the first case of its kind, a Dallas County grand jury indicted a Catholic priest yesterday on charge involving sexual contact with another adult male. Ah. The Reverend John Anthony Salazar, a popular former church pastor in the small panhandle town of Tulia, is accused of having unwanted sexual contact with an 18-year-old college student in an Irving motel last September. The priest, through his attorney, has previously denied that any crime occurred between him and the 18-year-old. The two had known each other for several years. As of late yesterday, it couldn't be determined whether Father Salazar had been arrested. He's thought to be living with friends in Cress, a few miles north of 
south of Tulia. Maybe that's what he wanted to do to him. Can I Tulia? He said, no thanks. That's peculiar. Unwanted sexual contact? In other words, rape? Or what? Molest, you know, grab. In other words, he never heard he about him. Uh, I'll tell you what, ask Kobe Bryant about it. What was that kid doing in the motel room with him? Sleeping. I see. WQAM, hello? Yeah, speak to Neil. Speaking. Neil. Yes. Ten. WQAM, hello? Cecilia. Number? WQAM, hello? Neil. Yes, sir. Have you seen um, the new uh, Tony Kushner playlet? The what? Tony Kushner's new work uh, about the, you know, the guy that did Angels in America. No. Oh, check it out. He's, uh, the right-wingers are up in arms about it. He does a thing about um, Laura Bush visited by an angel and uh, the ghost of the dead Iraqi children. You can check it out. It's on thenation.com. Okay, I'll take a look at it. Thanks. Okay. Read, read The Nation every day. And we have lots of fine things on our website every day from Katrina Vanden Heuvel and David Korn and all the other great people at the nation. Oh, this is bad. Bush a no-show at Alabama base, says a guy from Memphis. You're making Bob Mintz. You ever see Bob Mintz? All the time. Uh, two members of the Air National Guard unit that President George W. Bush alleged, uh, allegedly served with as a young guard flyer in 72 had been told to expect him and were on the lookout for him. He never showed, however. Of that, both Bob Mintz and Paul Bishop are certain. The issue of Bush's presence in 1972 at Danley Air National Guard Base in Montgomery, Alabama, or the lack of it, has become an issue in the campaign, as we know, recalls Memphian, Mintz, now 63. I remember that I heard someone was coming to drill us, drill with us, to drill with us from Texas. And it was implied that it was somebody with political influence. I was a young bachelor then, I was looking for somebody to prowl around with. But, says Mintz, that somebody, better known to the world now as the President of the U.S., never showed up at Danley in 1972, nor in 1973, nor at any time that Mintz, a FedEx pilot now, and an Eastern Airlines pilot then, when he was a reserve first lieutenant at Danley, can remember. And I was looking for him, repeated Mintz, who said that he assumed that Bush changed his mind and went somewhere else to do a substitute drill. It was not somewhere else, however, but the 187th Air National Guard Tactical Squadron at Danley, to which the young Texas flyer had requested transfer from his regular Texas unit. The reason being Bush's wish to work in Alabama on the ultimately unsuccessful U.S. Senate campaign of family friend Red Blount. It is the 187th Mintz's unit which was cited during the 2000 presidential campaign as the place where Bush completed his military obligation. And it's the 187th that the White House continues to contend that Bush belonged to as recently as this week when presidential spokesman Scott McClellan released payroll records and later evidence suggesting that Bush's dental records might be on file at Danley. There is no way we wouldn't have noticed a strange rooster in the hen house, especially when we were looking for him, insists Mintz, who has poured over documents relating to the matter now making their way around the Internet. One of these is a piece of correspondence addressed to the 187th commanding officer, then Lieutenant Colonel William Turnipseed, concerning Bush's redeployment. Mintz remembers a good deal of base scuttlebutt at the time about the letter, which clearly identifies Bush as the transferring party. It couldn't be anybody else who requested such a transfer into Danley. Mintz, at one time, was a registered Republican and in recent years cast votes for pre in presidential elections for Ross Perot and Al Gore, confesses to a negative reaction to what he sees as out-and-out dissembling on President Bush's part. You don't do that as an officer. You don't do that as a pilot. You don't do it as an important person, and you don't do it as a citizen. This guy's got a lot of nerve, he said. Boy, he's got a lot of nerve. I just mentioned that in passing. Oh, it's, we're going to get to all that uh, Michael Jackson stuff. Too bad news for you, though. For me? Bad news for you. Uh-oh. 
Florida Supreme Court upholds canker eradication program. Oh, it's too late for me. Yeah, but you were going to be able to sue them, though. Oh. Not now. Oh, well. The state's controversial citrus canker law is constitutional, the Florida Supreme Court ruled yesterday. The 33-page unanimous decision rejected Broward County's uh, judge's contention that the law was based on questionable science and said the late legislature was within its rights to adopt the law, so George, you lose, and so does everybody else, who had your lovely trees chopped off against your will. And your property destroyed in the process. Right. Well, now you're just Fences, shut up. Craters, like you always say, say, shut up. Right. And issues whether the state was right in destroying more than 600,000 residential citrus trees on nearly 200,000 South Florida properties, including George's, Another 176,000 citrus trees are set for destruction. The eradication program is built on the theory that all trees in a 1,900-foot zone around an infected tree are exposed and will become infected and must be destroyed to eliminate further spread of the disease. The impact of the decision, a big win for the state's commercial citrus industry, was not immediately clear. With the decision just an hour old, Department of Agriculture and Consumer Affairs spokesman Terry McElroy said officials would have more to say later on. This is just tremendous positive news for the industry, said Doug Bornick, executive director of the Indian River Citrus League in association of the largest fruit shippers in the state. Jack Harry, Fort Lauderdale man who had several citrus trees that may now be vulnerable, whose lead plaintiff in the case had no immediate comment. So there you go. You lose. They want to come in? Bada bing. And if they screw right. up your property, just uh, shut up. Shut up. 26 past 11 at 560 WQAM. By the way, speaking of Skippy, is he an asshole or what? Huh? Okay. Man. The reason I say that is because I'm going to talk about our good friends at the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet. It's another account that Skippy inherited when he came in and started banging screwing. We think. <clears throat> we think. And I'm pretty sure it is. And uh, he just, he don't do nothing for any of our accounts because he's too busy uh, with her, you know, doubled over on the desk back in her orifice back there. He's too busy uh, servicing. Not the accounts, just screwing. Anyway, the Emerald Coast is still going strong. They got the best Chinese buffet in the universe. They've got all their regular buffet delights that you've come to know and love. You can start out with six different soups, sample dozens and zillions of succulent, unbeatable entrees at the Emerald Coast. They've got your New York strip made to order their sizzling Asian grill, that brand-new seafood St. Jacques, oysters on a half-shell, Alaskan stone crab, middle neck clams, jumbo shrimp, scampi every night. They've got hand-carved prime rib, their brand-new Thai specialties. So if you're looking for a place to really pig out, and we're talking about fresh, delicious goodies, it's always the Emerald Coast, where they promote healthy living, too. Like I always tell you, no MSG headaches because, guess what? They don't use any MSG, no cornstarch, no crap, and they cook everything only in the uh, best cholesterol-free oils as well. Their buffet features a full salad bar, new sushi bar, fresh rim cocktail, and if by some miracle you're a real pig and have room left at the end of all of that, They've got a great dessert station, too, featuring Belgian waffles. How'd you like to go in there with Fat Boy and Zach? No. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're closed. Richard puts a sign up right away. Sorry, we just closed. Yeah, but it's only 1 o'clock. Yeah, but we're closed for you guys. Emerald Coast features a full dessert station featuring Belgian waffles, pies, cakes, pastries, ice cream with all your favorite toppings, fresh fruit, even be having watermelon all the time, too. Emerald Coast has three South Florida locations for you. In Sunrise, Pine Island or 44th Street. They're on Collins Avenue, just north of 163rd Street in North Miami Beach, and at the intersection of Flamingo and Pembroke Roads in Pembroke Pines. So take the whole family, the Gansa Mishpocha, or book your next business luncheon, and let the folks at Emerald Coast cook up a storm for you, man. You can't beat it. Take out and delivery always available, too. Call 954-572-3822. 954-572-3822. The rest are all imitators that can't even come close to the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QA2AM. Hey there, you bastard. A 
right. Jenna, 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 won't you come along with me? Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna. Jenna, 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 won't you bring your fake ID? Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna. Jenna, 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 let's buy booze illegally. Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna, let's get some alcohol. Better keep it hit. Better not tell your daddy what you did. Jenna, 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 won't you come along with me? Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna. Jenna, 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 won't you bring your fake ID? Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna. Jenna, 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 let's buy booze illegally. Jenna, Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna. Alcoholism runs in your family. Twenty six till noon. At 560 WQM. Oh, bad news. President Bush is an all-time low point in public approval. Oh, yeah, that's terrible news. I'm crying. His popularity depressed by questions about the war in Iraq, continued economic fr uh, frustration, public interest in his leading Democratic rival, according to the ABC News Washington Post poll. Bush's and I'll tell you another one. What was the uh, poll I was reading you this morning? Which one was that? Oh, that was today in the Washington Post today. Yes. The latest Washington Post-ABC poll and uh Pitting Bush against Kerry shows Kerry 51%, Bush 43%. Ooh. Bush's overall job approval rating has fallen to 50%. That's why they're starting now with the, uh, the penis attack. Desperate. I mean, they are foaming at the mouth, and they want to derail the Kerry campaign before it gets off the uh, rails. That's what they want to do. Bush's overall job approval rating has fallen to 50%, a career low. His rating for honesty and trustworthiness is likewise at a new low. He's feeling mighty low. For the first time... Fewer than half Americans now say the war with Iraq was worth fighting. 57% disapprove of Bush's performance in terms of job creation. And like I said only moments ago, if I would have kept on reading, and John Kerry leads him in a head-to-head -head matchup, 51 to 43%. How do you like that? A lot. I just mentioned that in passing. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Lots of stuff today, man. Got a heavy, heavy plate. Get out your folk. What's your take on the mass hysteria over in the USA over filth on radio and TV? That's our poll question on neilrogers.com. So get out your poll and check it. 400 votes. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 108. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 75. Let's have more sex, less violence, 57. It was just one partial teat, you morons, 38. Freedom in America is dead, 35. I agree. Clean it up now. 32. 8% of that number is rising, man. They're perked off about it. They're getting porky. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole. 23. Whatever, whatever happened to freedom of speech? 19. And where do I get my passport quick? 13 out of 400 votes. Oh, they're getting ready for the uh, official Clark endorsement of John Kerry? They're getting ready for it. Okay. Well, Judy Woodruff is hyperventilating. She says, oh, let's pray. Mm. Added to an image. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Michael Moore, speaking of people who might be next president. Michael Moore, an open letter to George Amawar President Bush. Dear Mr. Bush, thank you for providing the illegible Xerox partial payroll sheets or whatever they were yesterday, covering a few of your days in the National Guard. Now, we know that not only didn't you complete your tour of duty, you were actually paid for work you never did. Did you cash those checks? Wouldn't that be uh, illegal? Watching the press aggressively demand the truth from your press secretary and refusing to accept the deceit, the dodging, and the cover-up was a sight to behold, something we really haven't seen since you took office. More than one reporter pointed out that those pieces of paper your press secretary waved at them yesterday mean nothing. 
Even if they aren't forged documents, getting paid doesn't necessarily mean you showed up to do your duties. As retired Army Colonel Dan Smith, a 26-year-old veteran, told the AP, pay records don't mean anything except that you're in or you're out, said Smith. It doesn't necessarily reflect what duty you've actually performed because pay records simply record your unit of assignment and then all of your pay and benefit per pay period. Mr. Bush, this issue is not going to go away, and I think yesterday's actions just dug you into a deeper hole, says Michael Moore. You're probably wondering why the heck this story just won't die. You probably thought that after I brought it up last month and then got slammed by Peter Jennings for uttering the D word, deserter, the whole matter would just disappear as fast as a big bag of blow being thrown out the window of a speeding car on a deserted main highway. But your desertion didn't go away, and here's the reason why. You've sent countless numbers of our sons and daughters in the National Guard to their deaths in the last 11 months. You did this while misleading their parents and the nation with bogus lies about weapons of mass destruction and scary, phony Sodom ties to Al-Qaeda. You sent them off to a never-ending war so that your benefactors at Halliburton and the oil companies could line their pockets. And then you had the audacity to prance around in a soldier's uniform on an aircraft carrier proclaiming mission accomplished while the cameras from your re-election campaign ad agency rolled. That is what makes this whole business of your being AWOL so despicable and makes the grief-stricken relatives want to turn away from you in disgust. The reason you're skipping out on your enlistment didn't matter in the 2000 election was because we were not at war. Being stuck in a deadly daily quagmire now in 2004 makes your military history fiction and your flyboy costume very relevant. You've still not answered the questions surrounding your National Guard service. Let me repeat them as simply as I can for you, all of them based on the investigative work of the AP and the Boston Globe. One, how were you able to jump ahead of 500 other applicants to get into the Texas Air National Guard, thus guaranteeing you wouldn't have to go to Vietnam? What calls did your father, who was then a U.S. congressman representing Texas, make on your behalf for you to get this assignment? Two, why were you grounded, not allowed to fly, after you either failed your physical or failed to take it in July 72? Was there a reason you were afraid to take the physical, or did you take it and not pass it? If so, why didn't you pass it? Was it the urine test? The records show that after the Guard spent years and lots of money training you to be a pilot, you never flew for the rest of your time in the Guard. Why? Three, can you produce one person who can verify that he served with you in the Guard during the year that your Texas commander said you didn't show up? Why have you failed to bring forth anyone who served with you in the Guard while you were in Alabama? Why hasn't one single person come forward? Four, can you tell us what you did when you claimed to have shown up in Alabama for Guard duty? What were your duties? You were grounded, so what did they have you do instead? Five, where are the sign-up sheets that would have your name and service number on them for each weekend you showed up? Aaron Brown on CNN told us how when he was in the reserves, he had a sign in each time he reported, and his guest from the Washington Post said, that's right, and there would be four copies of that record in the files of various agencies. Will you ask those agencies to release those records? Six, if you were in fact paid for the time when you apparently went AWOL, will you authorize the IRS to release your 7273 tax returns? Seven, how did you get an honorable discharge? What strings were pulled? Who called who? Look, I'm sorry to have to put you through all of this. I was just goofing around when I made, made that comment about wanting to see a debate between the general and the deserter. I had no idea that it would lead to this. And there you were having to suffer through Tim Russert on Sunday saying weird things like, I'm a war president. I guess you believe that or want us to believe that. Americans have never voted out a commander-in-chief during a war. I guess that's what you're hoping for. You need the war. But we don't, and our troops in the National Guard don't either. I know you see the writing on the wall, so why not come clean now? We're forgiving people, although you won't be returned to the White House. You will find us a little bit grateful for a little bit of truth. Answer our questions, apologize to the nation, and bring our kids home. Yours truly, Michael Moore. I have a tear. Isn't he great? Yes. He doesn't pull any punches, doesn't beat around a bush. He's got all the facts there to support what he talks about. Just doesn't make up a bunch of crap. Just doesn't throw mud and sling from one side or the other like Miss Fudge. Good God. That, that whole thing is just, it makes you want to puke. 
How can how can a person live with himself just to be used? Just to be, he's got to be getting paid awfully, awfully well. You know what? Yeah. He's got to be way up there on that payroll. Oh, here we go. Here's Wesley Clark endorsing Kerry. Get near the microphone, Wes. And where we include everyone. This is. He's standing 10 feet away from the mic. It's a hand mic, you clown. Hey, generals, get near the mic. Howard Dino showed how to use it. It's one of the highest forms of Somebody push the general near the microphone, please. 18 till noon at 560 WQM. Guys, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Be original this year. Give a Vermont teddy bear instead of the same old tired wilting flowers. Man, that stuff is so old, it's ancient. It's passe. For the price of a dozen roses, a Vermont teddy bear keeps giving and giving. It'll last a lifetime. Choose from lots of great bears like the Be My Valentine bear, the Chocolate Lover bear, or the Love Me Tender Elvis bear. When it arrives, she'll be completely surprised. Think you're the greatest guy for sending such a thoughtful gift. Then maybe she'll give you the gift that you're hoping and praying for and haven't had in probably a hell of a long time. Overnight delivery for Saturday is guaranteed still. It only takes five minutes to order, so just call this number right now, 1-800-829-BEAR, and a friendly bear counselor will help you choose the perfect bear for your Valentine. Delivered with, remember uh, Mr. Valentine? See. How about Valentine Beer? For your Valentine, deliver with a free chocolate in their famous gift box. Call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. Don't forget, you've still got time. Send your Valentine the creative alternative to flowers with a neat little Vermont teddy bear. Call 1-800-829-BEAR and be sure and tell them that crusty old Neil told you to call 1-800-829-BEAR. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours. QAM. This is Rush Limbaugh, servant of humanity, talk show host, hemorrhoid sufferer. Folks, at over 300 pounds, I know the agony of this kind of dilemma. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you there's help. With new preparation rush and my rush to excellent suppositories, now you can end the pain and itching of hemorrhoidal tissue. Just look for my picture on the box of suppositories and the applicator tube. Another fine product from OIB, the Obesity in Broadcasting Network. Rectum. 13 till noon at 560 WQM. Do I want a free copy of this White House Inc. employee handbook? Sure, why not? You guys had a nice cover uh, story from WhiteHouse.org. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. If it's free, we'll take it. We'll take two. Okay. Anyway, getting back to Vanity Fair, this month's issue, the March issue of uh, Vanity Fair, and his lengthy article is expose about the Michael Jackson scandal. Uh, it's a very long story. I'm just, I'm just going to do it like a few paragraphs here and a few there like I did yesterday, okay? Is that all right? Oh, okay. Well, if it's not, too bad. By the way, something. Yes? Finally got around to drinking this uh, lime Coke that you left here, lime diet oh, Coke. Oh, it's great. It is great. Thanks, Katrina. Good. Katrina keeps, uh, because, of course, she's on a perpetual uh, diet and balance for life, which she's lost about 20 pounds, by the way. But uh, she's really big on the, uh, and, and you want to know why? Because when you can't have, like, uh, sweets, you try to find something with some taste to it, some flavor. Around. Oh, do you know that 17% of, listen to me, Okay. 17% of America right now is on a low-carb diet. That's something. Isn't that incredible? The PETA people must be That's like nuts. 50 million people. Yeah, well, the PETA people can suck everybody's ass, okay, including each other. Oh, that's right, that's meat. That's right. 
No, it's vegetarian. Anyway, getting back to the uh, Michael Jackson thing, the child, meaning this uh, new one, the 13-year-old cancer victim, this child, according to people who know him, is far less sophisticated than Jordy Chandler was at his age. That was the one, 1993. And his relationship with Jackson was not of the same intensity, though the setup was uh, when the family stayed at Neverland was very similar. The boys got to sleep with Michael rather than in the guest bedroom up a flight of stairs. The sister had her own room, and the mother was put up in a guest house some distance from the main house. Jackson reportedly made it very clear that he didn't want the girl or the mother around, allegedly telling the boys, girls are tattletales. Gaining access to Jackson's private quarters is not at all the easy pass Jackson Camp has suggested in various interviews where they've implied that servants and staff can go freely and observe the goings-on. Myung-Ho Lee, who was at Neverland on many occasions, describes the layout of Jackson's bedroom. You enter the main door, and on the right-hand side, there's a small hallway of about six feet to another door on the left. As soon as anyone comes through the first door, an alarm goes off, and the camera mounted above the second door shows on the monitor in his bedroom who's approaching. A visitor first enters a large sitting room, sort of a throne room of about 500 square feet, where he has a chair where the king sits with other uh, chairs grouped around. Grouped around. <laughs> other chairs grouped around, Lee says, of the bedroom. Nobody's allowed in there, even guests. According to a confidential report prepared for the Chandler suit, electric eyes were installed in the ceiling 10 feet from the bedroom door, and the system was always active when Jackson was at the ranch. The alarm was loud enough to be heard in the bathroom, even with a shower running. The alarm was not installed to deter prowlers or kidnappers. The security outside was sufficient for that. Infrared beams planted every 20 feet and concrete beams sunk 17 feet into the ground. The bedroom alarm was strictly to alert Jackson to the presence of anyone outside his door. Inside the bedroom closet was a special cedar closet built to hold the original owner's furs. Five vertical stainless steel panels between the two closets would lower when a five-digit secret code was triggered. In case of a security risk, a ranch supervisor would alert Jackson by intercom and tell him, Michael, go to your room. This was the signal for Jackson to lock himself in the fur vault. Once things were under control, the supervisor would let him out. As for other surveillance, Myung-Ho Lee says Michael has a very bad habit of videotaping and recording everyone. His entire house is wired so he can hear conversations anywhere, kind of like Alistair on uh, Passions. A similar situation is set up when Jackson travels. Security has a monitoring room with cameras trained on the hallway to his hotel suite and on the interior of the suite. One of the largest bills in the expense reports filed in Lee's case was from a local audiovisual store for hundreds of thousands of dollars. One time in New York, I got a $150,000 bill for surveillance equipment, says Lee's sister, so young, and her other sister, too young, who was the chief legal officer for Jackson International between 98 and 2001. She was often frustrated because the store's invoices never specified what the money actually went to purchase, but she thought that was the way Michael wanted it. Once Michael bought $70,000 worth of merchandise, and they were very difficult to deal with because they were very secretive about what it was that Michael bought. I heard it was mostly surveillance equipment to watch his own staff, kind of like Alistair on Passions. Young Ho Lee, who traveled, to the world, uh, traveled all over the world with Jackson, observed his behavior at first hand. He had a number of guests in his suite for the night. They were always boys in the 10 to 13-year-old range, Lee adds. I've never seen him share a suite with an older teen boy, a girl, and, or an older female. I thought it was very strange, he said. A family from the Netherlands, uh, Netherlands, Netherlands with two young boys stayed with Jackson in his suite in uh, Sun City in South Africa when Lee was along. The parents stayed just as June Chandler, Jordy's mother, had in the suite, but in a different bedroom. Lee paid the bills for the family's first-class holiday and gifts. Jackson's own children often stayed in rooms away from the suite, and security and staff usually slept in a different part of the hotel altogether. For anyone familiar with the Jordy Chandler case, seeing the current boy lovingly lay his head against Jackson's shoulder in the Martin Bashir documentary was a shock. 
The boy was very much the same type as Jordy, the same age, and repeatedly the same repeated the same words that Jackson once allegedly had told Jordy. If you love me, you'll sleep on the bed. Jackson even had the same nickname for both Jordy and this boy, Rubba. The boy made it clear on camera, however, that Jackson had slept on the floor. The documentary aired in the U.S. on February 6th, but it had been broadcast three days earlier in Britain, and it immediately caused a stir because of Jackson's admissions about his habit of sleeping with little boys. Suddenly, the grandparents' neighborhood was filled with TV satellite trucks. The mother claimed she hadn't even known that the special was being made. Grenada Television, which produced the special, claimed it had gotten permission from the maternal grandmother, which the grandmother denies. If he did well on the show, Jackson allegedly told the boy, he would help him get into show business. The boy praised him on the program. Soon after the taping with the boy was complete, Jackson took off. I should read that sentence again. Could if he did well on the show, Jackson allegedly told the boy, he would help him get into show business. The boy praised him on the program. Soon after the taping with the boy was complete, Jackson took off. Then suddenly, about the time the documentary was shown on ABC's 2020, Jackson invited the boy to Florida, ostensibly for a news conference, which never took place. The mother says she insisted that she and the boy's two siblings go along with Chris Tucker on a private jet. According to the family accounts, Jackson was peeved and made it clear he thought the mother was expendable. After several days in Miami, where Jackson allegedly gave the boy alcohol, everyone flew back together, and there was reportedly more drinking of Jesus juice out of Coke cans. To be continued. It, it goes on. It just uh, gets worse and worse. And more and more incriminating. I mean, there, there is no doubt. How did no doubt on Napoleon yesterday? Not too good. There is no doubt. Do you have any doubt? None at all. Good. Oh, susp now I just missed that. Damn it. Darren Kagan just has suspicious... Uh, sp uh, suspicious what? Careful. Something. All right. Apicious, uh, propitious. We'll get to it. It's on the CNN. Anyway, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Don't forget, join Joe Costello for happy hour today. 4.30 to 6.30 this afternoon at J.P. Mulligan's on uh, Taft and Flamingo and Pembroke Pines. Stop by for $3 Bex and Bex lights, plus win T-shirts and Panthers tickets, too. Panthers won their third in a row against the hapless, pathetic, shouldn't be in the league no more Pittsburgh Penguins last night, 5-1. to one. I just mentioned that in passing. Leafs beat uh, pathetic Columbus 4-1 to one last night, too. And don't forget to join Joe Costello and Mark Eisenberg tomorrow at noon to 2 at Lauderdale BMW at 14,800 Sheridan Street. Stop by to win prizes, enjoy free food from Atlantic City Subs where Ira is the best and the food is damn good too. Two hours and five minutes, uh, the deadline for our uh, hot couples contest. Email those picks. Contest at neilrogers.com. What? Just sent you another one. We got about, about 20. Ish. More than and by the, huh? No, we got 19 or 20. If you well, send me one more, we got 20, and by the end of the day, might have... About 30, man! Wouldn't surprise me at all. We got 27 now. We do? Yes. 27? 27. Like I said... About 30, man! By the end of the show, maybe Mo. Let's see. Tom says, if Michael Moore needed a kidney or a lung or an eye, he has mine. Anything to keep him alive another 100 years. It's Tittygate. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Tom. Titty gate and penis gate and body part gate and oh gee, who is a banging this one? Who cares? You know, you know, I don't think anybody even cares no more. See, that's the part that's going to bother them. They right. care if the president was AWOL and then pretends to be a war hero and sends all these kids off to die for a war that we shouldn't be fighting. They care about that. There's a lot of things they do care about, but some things they don't care about that much anymore because they've already been, thanks to Miss Fudge and that whole uh, penis gate and Kenny Starr, they've already been desensitized to that crap. And I, like I said yesterday, but I didn't really understand the significance of it. It's a damn good thing this stuff is happening now. Right. Because now they understand the desperation of the Republican National Committee and Karl Rove and the Bushmeister because they know that the really heavy-duty stuff is coming at them this time and it's still several months before the election. And so they're going to unleash every kind of dirt. They're going to stick their nose into Kerry's, uh, into his crotch. 
Just like Drudge uh, Retort says, what was that headline? It was great. Which one? Oh, delving into uh, Carrie's Delving into Carrie's uh, pants. Del delving deep in there. I wish I think I'll pass on that. He might <coughs> like those Canadians. Four minutes till noon at 560 WQM. If you're thinking of buying a new car or truck, if you want to save yourself a hell of a lot of cash, here's what you ought to do. Make the trip and visit Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. They're on US-1. It's only 20 minutes south of the 836. And Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive to save thousands and zillions of dollars on great new Toyotas. You can't beat their deals like these. An 04 Corolla loaded, including air that you own, for just $12,990. An 04 Camry with air, automatic, and lots more, just $16,990. Need a truck? How about this? An 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in America, from just $14,990. When you buy your new vehicle at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead, you'll get a free Sun Pass. And this was the first dealer in all of South Florida to offer your free tires and batteries for life. General Manager David Rich and his staff will do whatever it takes to treat you right and put you in a great deal with a new Toyota today. Experience the Armstrong Toyota Homestead difference. They're locally owned and operated, and they're committed to 100% customer satisfaction. They're probably big fans of George Armstrong, too, the chief. Their service department is open weeknights late to late to make sure your service work is done and done right. Easy to get there, like I said, conveniently located at US 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead, just 20 easy minutes south of the 836. So if you... Fed up, had it up to your ears with those mega dealers who overpromise and underdeliver. Call David Rich, Armstrong's Toyota Homestead GM at 305-242-3247. That's 305-242-3247 for Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. Drive a little and save a hell of a lot on that great new Toyota. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. On the next Fear Factor, wholesome entertainment approved by the FCC seal of good White Housekeeping. We locked FCC Chairman Michael Powell in a room with nothing but a screen that flashes pictures of boobs. See this, Mike? This is a boob, Mikey. A boob. Stop it. Stop this filth or I'll find you. See this one? See this one here, Mikey? It's a bumper sticker for the fight against breast cancer. That will be away from me. Fuck you, little sissy. Here's my breast. Fear Factor with Michael Powell. Must-see TV for the minds of ignorant little babies. Brought to you by Direct TV. Now with over 200 channels of garbage and shit. I would have sworn I heard uh, Boca Brian's voice in the middle of that break there, didn't you? Maybe. Just briefly. I wonder what that was all about. My bad. 1203 at 560 WQM. Jerry, buddy, this brings, uh, faxes this from the Fort Myers News Press, one of America's prestigious papers, but important in Florida and for us. Voters will not be asked to repeal the class size reduction amendment this year because broad, public, uh, because of broad what? public support for it. Broad the public. It's the public. A lot of broads in the public. And the politics surrounding the upcoming presidential election, the key legislator said yesterday. State Senator Bert Saunders, Republican in Naples, who's leading the effort to ask voters to partially repeal the amendment, said the plan is now to put the measure on a ballot in November 2006. Because of the nature of the issue, there are a lot of people who are concerned that this is not the best year to put it on a ballot, Saunders said. Polls show Floridians support the constitutional amendment voters passed in 2002. And Governor Jeb Bush doesn't want anything to interfere with his brother's re-election bid, Saunders said yesterday. That is not true, said Jacob D. Pietri, Bush spokesman. That has no bearing. He said Bush supports a full repeal because of the multi-billion dollar cost, but hasn't endorsed a plan. Saunders clarified his remarks later after they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He said, remember Dr. David Kelly? 
The governor has now made any formal announcement. He said he's basically been quiet. It's my belief that part of it has to do with the national implications as well as polling information. Lee County uh, School Superintendent James Browder, who loves uh, his chowder, said school board chairwoman Jean Dozier, who lunched with Saunders at the veranda on Thursday, said they remember being told that Bush didn't want to rush the initiative and the election was part of the reason. That was a consideration, Dozier said, not wanting anything controversial on the ballot. Get it? I get it. Don't want to interfere with the chance to fix, I mean, to get his brother a win in Florida again this November. See, what they realize is it's not even going to be close this time. Right. Because we're going to get all the dark votes are going to get, uh, get out to vote. The revenge factor. That's right. Because they're going to be, even without Catherine Harris running for anything except for her right. right. Wasn't she in that plane? <laughs> I think I read about that on the sludge report, that she was on some kind of a plane. Yeah, they're not going to be deterred by roadblocks this time either. They're going to go right through. That's right. They're going to, they're going to crash right through those roadblocks. In fact, if they see a roadblock, they're going to floor it, is what I think. All right. That's right. And since everybody says carpooling is a great idea, there's going to be just loads in every car. They're going to have them in the trunk, under their ass, under the seat, right? Right. Dark folks or grape pickers, I mean, you name it. Illegal aliens. 498 votes on that poll. Now, let's see. The one, of course, we're interested in, uh, what's your take on the mass hysteria all over the U.S. about filth on radio and TV? I agree. Clean it all up now. 38, 7.6%. Clean it up now. Like Carlo told, uh, what's your name in The Godfather? Know what he said? Something like that. You guinea brat. Clean it up now, you guinea brat. That's what he told her. <laughs> five six seven oh five. Who what the hell was her name? Tanya Shire. Connie. Connie. Oh, I'm so sorry. See, it's almost the weekend. I need uh, I need the weekend to refresh Trust. my brain. What's left of it? Five six seven oh five sixty. I give the numbers out because once in a while here we'll slip in a call or two just to keep Miguel happy back there in promotions. Right. Right. Well, he's not happy if I read for the whole solid four hours. Plus, I'm just now, I think today is the turning point for me. You notice I'm not, like, gagging and choking and puking. Right. Clean as a whistle. Oh, and I'm glad I mentioned that. Mad Dog, I'm sure he's not listening to him right now, but will somebody please tell him he doesn't have a cold? I heard him yesterday. Did you hear him? No. All scratchy and nasal and complaining of having a cold. He's got symptoms of a cold, which is what Hank had and what you had and what I've had now. Three and a half weeks it took me to get rid of the QM corporate crud, a place where we have no exterminator. Of course, if you're going to be exterminated, you don't need one in that building because they're doing a good job of it already. We got ants up the ass in that building, all over the studio that George Mm -hmm. is sitting in right now. Josh has probably got ants in his pants. And we got uh, filth. It's just filth and mung. So there's a corporate disease in the vents, and that's why everybody, Mo had it, right? Absolutely. The humper had it. Said He told me it took him over three weeks to get rid of it, just like me. Three weeks plus to get this garbage out of your system. So thanks a lot, Greg. Hope you're enjoying that sushi, man. Five, five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty. Pound 560 on it. See, he probably don't even like sushi, but he feels that it's very hip and very indie sushi, right? Okay. And talk about sports a lot. Sports! WQM, hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, I want to tell Neil that they wanted to keep the filth off the air, they should keep the Republicans off. What does that mean? What does that mean? The yeah. yeah. filth that comes uh, out of the mouth about everybody. Okay. What Now, what are you mumbling? Nothing. He means well. He's just uh, just turned a hundred, and he uh, is turning up his hearing aid. Okay, just just relax. Right, I'm sure it was funny it's back Friday in the day. It's Friday the thirteenth. Okay, he's just doing okay. the best he can, which is pretty terminal. But uh, what do you expect when you get to be 148? It was Methuselah's grandpa? 
WQAM, hello. Hey, can I talk to Neil? Speaking. Hi, Neil. My name is Cynthia. I'm one of your few and proud female callers. One I wanted ten. To, <laughs> about the, going back to your Michael Jackson stuff, it reminded me of your Buffalo Bill skit. Can you play that? It reminded you of the Buffalo Bill skit? The, the, the lotions in the basket. The oh, that Buffalo ball. Bill. I thought you were talking about the football team. No. You got, you got it, sweetheart. Have a great weekend. Thank you. See you, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Yeah, when she said Buffalo Bills, I thought she was talking right. about that Phil Henry. Isn't that Buffalo, what you thought? Buffalo Phil, sure. <laughs> That's immediately in the coast of shore that we're too inundated with this sports stuff. We've been brainwashed. <laughs> See, but that's not what we're playing. We're playing, uh, it puts the lotion in the basket. Very soon we're playing that. Here's an article in, what is this uh, publication? Oh, it's a, it's a website. Business 2.0 blog. It's a blog. And it says, is this man obese? See, this whole thing with Atkins here, let me say it again. What, what Miss Fudge is doing with the Kerry stuff, with throwing all this, all this schmearing, all this crap over there, it's the old philosophy of if you put it out there, and didn't I mention this the other day when they started with the Atkins being 60 pounds overweight, and it, it started showing up in every major newspaper on the networks. Oh, my God, look at this. When he died, it was 253 pounds. He was a fat slob. What did he know about dieting? Well, guess what? Here are photos. If you look in the speaker of your radio, I guess I guess we could put this on our website. But hold, hold it up to the light. You see it? Oh, look at that. Here are photos of Dr. Bob shortly before his death, before he had that slip and fall. It says, is this man obese? It's hard to believe Robert Atkins weighed 258 when he died last April, as the Wall Street Journal contended Tuesday. Last February, just a couple of months before his death, I had dinner with a diet doctor at a French restaurant on the Upper East Side of Manhattan and was most struck by how frail he seemed. He wasn't thin, but it was hard to see his physique exactly because with the day after a big blizzard, he was wearing a thick sweater. Atkins ordered fish, went without bread or potatoes, had cappuccino with cream. He did say something about wanting to take off a few pounds, but we're talking three pounds, not 50. These photos were taken for our story on February 24th, about two months before his April 17th death. Does he look as if he's 60 pounds overweight to you? No. Absolutely not. In fact, he don't look like he's really uh, maybe a couple of pounds, but like the guy says... Uh, three isn't exactly 50 or 60. So it goes to show you again, it's the big lie, like Hitler said, you know. Just keep screaming it, repeating it. Who was it? Who, was it Hitler said it? Joseph Goebbels? Something like that. Donald Rumsfeld? John Ascroft? One of them. Richard Pearl? One of those guys. Not the one on Waxy, by the way, you jackass. Man. So just, you know, get it in the media and have everybody, uh, and that's exactly what they try to do with this Kerry thing. It's kind of like Lewinsky Gate, Penis Gate Part 2. Only I don't think it's going to stick this time, Matt. I don't think it's going to happen, Matt. There might be something sticking to your rectum. So go wash it off, okay? People are talking. God, I'm never, I'm not going to look at that thing again. And I'll say it one more time. If you want to have some real good information and a few laughs at the same time, uh, click on that link, drudge.com on our website. Drudge.com for the Drudge Retort, where you'll get some real facts. And like I said, a few good laughs at the same time at uh, somebody's expense. And deservedly so. Hope you're proud of yourself, Lynn. Twelve minutes past noon at 560 WQAM. Am I in the wrong hour on the log? Maybe. I think I Schmidt canned the uh, noon hour to log. Did I throw it out? I'm in the one o'clock hour. <laughs> well, we're almost done then. Oh, where the hell is it, George? I don't know. You already did the 12 o'clock, actually. You're, uh, you... Well, we're skipping an hour today. All right. Maybe you didn't uh, fax me an hour, or maybe I just schmidt canned it. You think that's possible? Fax no, you did the 12, and I don't think you did the 11. 
Okay, so what do we got coming up now? You can fax me during the break. You can fax me a copy of it just so I have some idea what we're doing. Sure. What are we doing now? I don't know, Josh. You have no live spot right now. Oh, like he said, you have no live spot right now, so just hit the button, dummy. This is Sports Radio 560, QAM. In the basket. This is Debbie. Yeah, hi, Debbie. I'm interested in getting some operations done. Okay. And some body contouring and some liposuction. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you get some tummy tuck and uh, lip augmentation, cosmetic breast surgery, facelift, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering... What would you like to start with? Well, I, I need to get everything done. Probably the first thing I'd like to have removed is my uh, my thing. Okay, we don't do that. No. Could you do breast implants, though? Uh, it can be done, but mm. I don't know that it would do it right away. It puts the lotion in the basket. Mm-hmm. How much? Uh, 5000 Excellent. I'd like to have my skin resurfaced, too. Mm-hmm. Laser surgery. Mm-hmm. Have the lambs stopped crying yet, Mommy? Excuse me? Don't hurt Mommy's little baby. It puts the lotion in the basket. I'd like to get the liposuction that I saw on TV. Okay. Can you make me look more like a woman? Well, we'll have to see you first, and then yeah. upon looking at you, we can tell you that when we see you. Should I wear my skin suit made of body parts, Mommy? Uh, if you'd like to. It puts the lotion in the basket. Would you like to make an appointment? Yes. Okay. Um, there is a $100 consultation fee. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um... My name is Buffalo Bill. Okay, let me get a little Mommy. information from you, okay? Just Mommy. one moment. You, it right? puts the lotion in the basket. I understand. It puts the lotion in the basket. Do you want to come in for a consultation? For it life? puts the lotion in the basket. Okay. Do you, would you like to make an appointment, or do you want to call me back? Or? It puts the lotion in the basket. I understand. I've got my skin suit and nipple necklace. Bill. It puts the lotion in the basket. I understand that. Would you like to it puts the lotion in the basket. Would you like to make an appointment? It puts the lotion in the basket. Okay, I will talk to you another time, okay? It puts the lotion in the basket. Hello? 1218, a little bit of confusion with this log thing here today because in that break, Vermont Teddy Bear was the uh, spot. My bad. <laughs> so I guess I'll do it in the next break, okay? Yeah, whatever. We're just doing whatever the hell we want because it's Friday. It's Friday the 13th. Weren't we right. bound to have like a little? Uh -huh. Sure, you bet. I'm bound up. You'd like to be. I'm uh, back to normal now. Oh, wait till you hear this story. A little something, a little levity here in the middle of all this. Teen accused of tricking car dealer. I love this. From Newark, New Jersey, where it really stinks all the time. A teenage boy posing as a banker duped an Ohio car dealership into delivering a $123,000 BMW to him at his high school, police said yesterday. Excellent. Isn't that great? <laughs> A second order was never shipped after the dealership became suspicious and the team was arrested. The first car was later found in Raleigh, North Carolina. He apparently sold the car, ended up in a dealership in North Carolina, said Detective Scott Davis of the Dublin, Ohio Police, no kin to George Davis, who used to drive at Northville Downs. The boy was 16 in early January when he ordered the 12-cylinder 2004 BMW 760 Li with black sapphire metallic paint and a heated steering wheel and seats. He told Midwestern Auto Group that his bank would confirm the wire transfer authorities said he was 16. 
After completing and returning paperwork that was mailed to his home, the team called the dealership pretending to be a banker, confirming the transfer. <laughs> the car was delivered to him at Dickinson High School, January 27th, two weeks after the boy turned 17. Why are you faxing me the whole log again? I got, I got oh, the rest of it. Oh, just for fun. Huh? Just keep faxing all these, just to try to confuse me, okay? Mm -hmm. I already did this hour, okay? Trust me. Did that hour. Are you sure? Anyway... Uh, no, not really. Maybe you should do it. The uh, same day he ordered a second car, but when Midwestern Auto Group learned the first payment was never made, dealership contacted the police. The boy was arrested at his Jersey City home late last month. Police said the teen wasn't hard to find. He did use his correct name, as far as I know, Davis said. That's pretty smart. The teen is charged with theft by deception and was no longer in custody. Authorities didn't release his name because he's a juvenile, but a pretty clever one, and he sure drives a fancy car, I'll tell you that. Right? Right, and a hard bargain. <clears throat> he drives a hard bargain. What's your take, speaking of hard bargains, what's your take on the mass hysteria all over the U.S. about filth on radio and TV? Although I don't think there really is mass hysteria all over the U.S. I think it's just in Washington, D.C., with the FCC and a bunch of cowardly politicians, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, a bunch of cowards, a bunch of spineless, phony cowards who are all screwing their brains out, but they have to put on that goody two-shoes uh, act for America because it's an election year especially. I mean, even in any year, they have to act like, oh, well, we were not in favor of that. But in election year, forget about it, right? Right. 541 votes. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 147. Absolutely. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 99. Let's have more sex, less violence. All right. 78. It was just one partial teat, you morons, 54. That's what started this whole thing was a titty. Freedom in America is dead, 46. I agree. Clean it all up now, you guinea bastard. 38 people, 7%. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, 33. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 29. And where do I get my passport quick, 17? We could tell you, but we won't. Right? Right. We won't. i got to get me my passport renewed, as a matter of fact. It's starting to get filled up. Oh, how many more pages? That's a log. Huh? I just sent the log. I didn't know oh where you Oh, my were God. Lost. He's so sending me the log page right. after log page. I guess we're staying out until midnight. All right. Man, we got a spot something. I didn't know which ass. one you were missing. Okay, it's a, we're all set. No more log, please. It's official, and I already told you this a little while ago, but just to make sure. Now, let me ask you this question. If, if Wesley Clark believed that there was any chance that this fudge crap, I shouldn't have said that. Easy. That this Miss Fudge stuff was going to stick about Kerry and the uh, intern and about the sex scandals. Do you think that if he thought there was any chance of that uh, sticking, that he would have endorsed Kerry today? No. no. Retired Army General Wesley Clark endorsed his former Democratic rival John Kerry today, calling him the next president of the United States. Uh, absolutely. Clark appeared with Kerry in Wisconsin and standing far from the microphone. Uh, Clark paid tribute to Kerry's military service in Vietnam and said he would do everything he could to help Kerry win the Democratic presidential nomination in the White House. Before Clark made the announcement, a Democratic source called Clark's endorsement a significant step forward for the Kerry campaign, predicting it would draw Southern and military votes to Kerry, who's won 12 of the first 14 Democratic contests. There you go. And by the way, he's... You know how many points Kerry is ahead in Wisconsin? About 30, man. About 30, man. Wow, like an echo in here. That's right. Whoa. That happens to be correct. About 30 points ahead in the polling in Wisconsin. I wonder if the good doctor knows that yet and is Zamiya's wife. Do you think that they know that he's 30 points ahead? Today we say, sir, request permission to come aboard. The Army's here. <laughs>
That was cute, wasn't it? And he gave oh. him a big hug, and I think a little tongue, too, there. Kerry stuck his tongue right down in the general's throat, and he liked it. Five six seven oh five pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Less than two-hour deadline for the entries to our hot couples contest if you want to have a chance to win one of those trips or dinner for two to the pizza loft. Email those pictures to contest at neilrogers.com, and they must be received by the time the little hand hits the big hand, by the time the second hand hits bingo at uh, 2 o'clock, right? Right. Otherwise, too late. You lose, unless unless they look really good. <laughs> right. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How's it going? Pretty good. Listen, um, I just want to say how everybody now is talking about Dr. Atkins and how he was overweight and all that. They have the... They have the the, the balls to, to say that, but then you got a guy like, um, the guy, the, the guy from Oprah, what's his name, Phil? Phil McGraw. No, the guy from Oprah, the, 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 the psychologist guy. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, <laughs> Phil McGraw, that's what I just said. And he comes out with a diet book, and this guy is fatter than I don't know what. Ex- it's an excellent point, sir. We're going to hand you the Nobel Prize for perspicacity. Excellent point. Thank you very much. Have a Thank good Thank you. One. And you All too. Right. No, he, he's right. Mm-hmm. Since when was being slim a prerequisite? Now, Dr. Stillman, which is before your time, he used to be on a Jack Parr show, by the way, the great Jack Parr. Dr. Irving, Irwin Maxwell Stillman, right about the time Atkins started. Not before then, because just a little before Atkins, he had the uh, Stillman diet, which was very similar. It was, uh, but not so much fat. He was very slim. But there have been uh, diet doctors, and and Dr. Phil is a big fat tub of crap, okay? Underline the crap part. Oh, there he goes again. See, that's what we're talking about, filth in America, including on this radio show. We want to clean up each and every piece of that crap. If Neil ever says crap again, that's going to be it. Crap, crap, crap. So that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Atkins diet's been around for many, many years. About 30, man. So what is the point? Was he fat back when he started it? No. In the middle of it? No. When we went to the Sawgrass, did that appearance and sold 700 of his books with him? Was he fat? No. No. But anything, man, to manipulate and twist the truth, it's tragic. Like I said before, just lie and lie and get a bunch of people in the media to go on TV and lie for you and in the newspapers, and all of a sudden, no, everybody believes it. They buy it. It's like the religion bull crap. 26 past noon at 560 WQAM. Don't forget, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. But the good news is it's not too late. It's not too late to be original either. This year, instead of flowers, which are dead and they wilt in no time at all and forgotten about, give her a Vermont teddy bear because it lasts forever. For the price of just a dozen roses, the Vermont teddy bear keeps giving and giving. It'll last a lifetime. Choose from lots of great bears like the Be My Valentine bear, the Chocolate Lover bear, or the Love Me Tender Elvis bear. When it gets there, she'll be completely surprised and she'll think at least for a while that you're the greatest guy for sending such a thoughtful gift. And maybe you might get lucky too and get the gift that you've been hoping and praying for on your knees. Overnight delivery for Saturday is guaranteed, too. So, like I said, you still have time, but do it now. It takes just five minutes to order. Just call toll-free 1-800-829-BEAR, and a friendly bear counselor who knows their stuff will help you choose the perfect bear for your Valentine, delivered with free chocolate in their famous gift box. And you haven't lived till you've seen their gift box. Call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. This year, do the right thing. Send your Valentine the creative alternative to flowers, a cute little Vermont teddy bear. It'll put a big smile on her puss. Call 1-800-829-BEAR and tell Old Neil told you to call 1-800-829-BEAR. Live, live, and local. We are Sports Radio 560. QAM. This is a bunch of hooey. 
Taking you inside your favorite celebrity's home. It's MTV Cribs. Today, we're in Chappaqua, New York. <laughs> hey, Cribs. Me casa, su casa. Hmm. Watch your step now. Don't trip on my rubbers. We're due for more rain. Here you go, Cribs. Check it out. My pride and joy. My celebrity cheese doodle collection. Hmm. Look at this one here. Looks like Mr. Spock. See the ears? Over here, it's my boom boom room. La Bedois. Oh, Billy, I've been waiting for you. I am so. What? Steamy Philly on board. Next room. Here is my kitchen. Come on over and play with me, Billy. Hot cheeks on the griddle. Next room. This is my TV room. Surround monkey love sound. <laughs> Next room. You know what? Maybe we should just head outside. Check it out. Here's my pool. Oh, yeah! oh, yeah! oh, Three chicks in the fountain. Which one will Bill Clinton bless? MTV Cribs. Top 32 at 560. WQM Mad Dog at 2. The Humper at 4. We got the Hurricanes baseball. Gators at Miami. Uh, 10 to 7 tonight. Uh, I got the Brady Quinn picture, so I'm going to be busy now. Okay. Wow. He's almost too pretty, you know what I mean? No. What do you mean? Well, to be some people know what I mean. Well, he's just pretty. He's just uh Party. <laughs> got a party male. Yeah. And there's one picture there. Is that his brother? Is that his uh one of his, his buds? Other. Is that his significant other? I don't know. He's the quarterback for Notre Dame, if anybody doesn't know who Brady Quinn. Just think of Tom Brady and Pat Quinn. And for me, that's easy. By the way, Leafs won last night. Oh, so did the Panthers. Oh. Anybody care? No. Not in that crowd. And there he is with uh, some fairly uh, ugly Notre Dame chicks. Huh? Well, the one that's, uh, I don't know. They're not too good. But anyway, thanks for the pictures, whoever said that. That just made my whole weekend. Man, I'm sitting here with my uh, with my nose right on the uh, screen on my monitor. I'm monitoring it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T. It's enough to make me a Notre Dame fan. Not like I said, it's a, fa a fabulous thing. Notre Dame sucks, and he's the quarterback. So what's not to like? Maybe he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Just a couple of quick questions, and please correct me if I'm wrong. You're, I think you might be wrong. Okay. First, I'll correct you if you're wrong. Wasn't this current administration the one that made a very significant part of their campaign the issue of the fact that there was too much government involvement in our daily lives? Oh, but that's supposed to be a that's a staple of a supposedly conservative philosophy is that big government is bad. Get the government out of our lives. But the only problem is when it comes to sticking their nose into your bedroom, that's a different story. So, or into your so pants. I guess that, again, falls under the category of so who lied. Right. And secondly, I'm watching this whole FCC thing. Yeah. And they're looking at everybody. Who knew what, when, what did Les Moonves know and CBS? Right. And has anybody ever investigated what qualifies Powell to be the chairman of the Federal Communications Commission? Sure, he's the Secretary of State's son. Oh, that's the qualification. And, Damn, he's, got and he's got a real light complexion, too, which makes him uh, palatable. Boy, I was born in the wrong family. Damn. You better get with it, man. Okay. See ya. Thank you. 
he got into the guard and he skipped over those 500 other guys who were waiting and why he right. was able to like take off and have a good time and go campaigning in Alabama and, and uh, yeah. do whatever the hell he wanted. Mr. Physical, all of these things. Daddy's buddies gave him millions of dollars to invest right. in the lost. Daddy's buddies, just like they put him in the oil business, which mm-hmm. he failed, just like Daddy's right. buddies helped him get uh, control of the Texas Rangers and make those millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you be in the oil business in Texas, not once but twice, and lose money? <laughs> I mean, that takes some real special skill. you got to be really dumb. But you know something? Really? Really? To show you, I'm glad you mentioned that. To show you, dumb. Al Gore, there's dumb. Yeah. They had all of this stuff. They knew all these things back in 2000. But of course, they didn't want all the penis gate Bubba stuff thrown back in their face. So, so they had the liability of that, not being able to run on this whole morality thing and about honesty and integrity. Because if they did that, then they would throw all the Bubba stuff, the Bubba Mices again, and Monica Ooh, with the blue dress. What did that have to do with Gore? Because of the fact that he was uh, he was the vice president under Bubba, he was uh, attached to him at the hip. Yeah, well, he wasn't porking Monica. How do you know we, that we know, right? Well, who the hell would touch him anyway? Even Tipper ain't tipping it lately. But I mean, why the hell did they wait so long? And the thing, I, I'm just really, I, I'm positive now. There's no question in my mind that this abortion story in Texas is going to fly. That it, it's coming. Think it's got wings. Yeah, I think it's got wings and legs and uh, whatever propellers. I think uh, it's going to fly this time, because if they're already talking about it, what they're trying to do is uh, already go into denial, say, oh, if you hear this, don't believe it, because they're just making it up. Right. I mean, what what is that? That's like saying, if somebody tells you that I killed three people, uh, don't believe them, you know? Right. Yeah, but why would anybody tell me that? Well, I don't know. I just have this feeling somebody's going to make it up. It just, there's something wrong there. Something really stinks. Oh, I can smell it now. I fart. Well, speaking of something, oh, it must be Martha Stewart. Fraud and obstruction of justice. Yeah. You know, she's such small potatoes. Just slap her on her oh, wrist yeah. and let her go back and bur- make some more cookies. I, d- I don't care about her anymore, about Scott and Lacey Peterson. We've got important fish to fry, okay? Now, Brian Dickerson writes, let's pray the president knows better. It's on our website. This is from the Detroit Free Press. Now, you're going to love the way this starts. Um, priest. I think it would be helpful if I gave you some background on the different personalities Reagan has manifested. So far, there seem to be three. She's convinced, second priest, there is only one. An experienced priest explains the facts of evil to his younger colleague as they prepare to confront a 12-year-old possessed by Satan in William Peter Blatty's 1973 thriller, The Exorcist. That's the power of Christ compels you! When he ordered the invasion of Iraq last March, President George W. Bush rested his case for war on two fundamental assertions. The first, that Saddam Hussein continued to harbor stockpiles of chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons, has largely been discredited. The second, that ousting the Iraqi dictator would diminish the chances of another 9-11-style attack on U.S. citizens, was based on even flimsier evidence. But unlike the WMD argument, the assertion that Hussein's Ba'athist and Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda were two sides of the same terrorist coin persists, notwithstanding the dearth of supporting evidence. As recently as his Sunday encounter with Meet the Press host Tim Russert, Bush defended his decision to invade Iraq by invoking the context of 9-11. We were attacked, and therefore every threat had to be reanalyzed, the president said. Every potential harm to America had to be judged in the context of the war on terror. The conventional anti-Bush view, articulated most forcefully by Al Gore the other day, is that the president's war on terror argument is at bottom a cynical deception. Bush knows full well the difference between Saddam and Osama, the argument runs, but he's not above exploiting the 9-11 fears of those who don't. But what if the president is sincere? What if he genuinely believes that the 9-11 attacks provided not just a plausible excuse for invading Iraq, but an irrefutable case for war? What if, what if he's convinced, like the veteran priest and the exorcist, that efforts to distinguish one demon from another are meaningless? There is only one. 
There is scant evidence to support such a simplistic model. The U.S. occupation of Iraq has been a magnet for terrorists, not a repellent. Intelligence officials here and elsewhere are preoccupied with a new collection of regional militant groups, independent of al-Qaeda, but quite possibly as capable of wreaking 9-11-scale havoc. And it appears that a single government scientist in Pakistan, which supported the war in Iraq, has done more for nuclear proliferation than all of Hussein's lab rats together. In short, if Bush remains convinced that the conquest of Iraq was a significant victory in the war on terror, he's flying in the face of some powerful evidence to the contrary. And if he genuinely believes that the 9-11 attacks buttressed the case for Iran Hussein, he's guilty of something more dangerous than cynicism. It's one thing for frightened citizens to want to strike out at whatever target avails itself. It's another matter entirely for their commander-in-chief to mistake that raw emotion for rational policy. Cynicism is, is an ugly thing in the leader of the free world, but confusion in such a man is downright terrifying. As he continues to play on the phantom nexus between Iraq and 9-11, let's hope the president is just exploiting the people's cluelessness and not betraying his own. Good one. Writes Brian Dickerson in the Detroit Free Press. It's on our prestigious website, neilrogers.com, where we don't just make stuff up like on the uh, Fudge Report. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Okay. Hey guys, you want to cheer up, have Britney sit on your face. Make that old acne clear up when Britney sits on your face. Forget about your wife or girlfriend now, I'll kneel and say grace. Better shave off that beard and stash their eights, pick up the pace. You're really gonna love it when Britney sits on your face. Imagine the view above it when Britney sits on your face. Bent over, it looks like a frown when Britney starts sitting down. Britney sits on your face. Yeah, Britney sits on your face. Imagine Britney Spears leaving her clothes all over your floor. Knowing in just a minute or two you're gonna score. Wipe off that dizzy beach stew before Britney sits on your face. Careful not to bite or chew when Britney sits on your face. Stop dreaming and clean up your place. Cause she wants a brand new face. <laughs> In your dreams. 12:44 at 5:60 WQM. Anyway, here's a, this, this website, this uh, Drudge Retort, Drudge.com yeah. is so great. How come it? I mean, I've seen it before, but never paid that much attention to it. This is the best. Yeah. Here's the latest. It says, "Last one in John Kerry's pants is a rotten egg." <laughs> All you reporters out there. Democratic frontrunner John Kerry flatly denied rumors of an extramarital affair that were drudged up Thursday by America's most trusted newsman. <laughs> well, there's nothing to report, Kerry told Don Imus on his morning radio show, also broadcast by MSNBC, so there's nothing to talk about. Spoil sport. For those who are scoring at home, the mainstream press only took a few hours to follow serious newsman Matt Drudge on an undercover mission into Kerry's pants. Thursday morning, Drudge pulled out the flashing siren with the giddy claim that Time Magazine and other media organizations were looking for a young woman who privately caucused last year with the Democratic frontrunner, a presidential frontrunner. Reported Drudge, intrigue surrounds a woman who recently fled the country, reportedly at the prodding of Kerry, the Drudge report has learned. 
That wouldn't be the only prodding she received from Kerry, according to the completely unsourced story, which has been gleefully picked up by Rush Limbaugh, the Wall Street Journal, foreign newspapers, and a handful of U.S. press outlets. Some members of the press weren't as enthusiastic about letting Drudge set the nation's news agenda. Ask Joe Connison, is American politics suddenly returning to the bad old days when Washington journalism became frenzied with sheet-sniffing and keyhole-peeping? That seems to be the default program of the right-wing media machine whenever Republican poll numbers sink into the red zone. The tale, uh, the tale, tale, T-A-I-L, tale, tale, first appeared in Watchblog. We already had that before. And it just goes on to repeat what we had in the first one. Yeah. It's uh, been around a long time. It don't have any legs. It's not flying. And then we'll get to the Joe Connison piece in the uh, next hour. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Boy, I'm so glad. Thanks, Miss Fudge. For getting us to get your uh, stupid-ass website to link off of our website and putting on there the uh, Drudge Retort, Drudge.com. Excellent uh, website. Beauty. Plus, it's got at least a little color to it, a little yellow, as in yellow journalism. Mm-hmm. You don't think there's any symbolism there, do you? No, coincidence. Oh. Okay, let's get back to uh, Michael Jackson, shall we? I. Well, we got a long... This is going to take me into Monday and maybe even Tuesday and Saturday. Who Monday, knows? Tuesday. <clears throat> anyway, talking about this documentary on 2020... The documentary had immediate reper repercussions for the boy. His mother called Masada in tears. They had been at a gas station where kids recognized the boy from TV and started teasing him for sleeping with Michael Jackson and calling him gay. You're gay. Masada, who had not yet seen the special, asked her if she had given permission or signed a release for the boy to appear on TV. According to Masada, she said no, adding that Jackson's camp was trying to get her to sign something now. Masada told her to ask Jackson if he had given permission. Then Masada and several insiders claimed that Jackson camp swung into action on a number of fronts. Principal members of the team, minding the family, reportedly were gay porn producer-director Mark Chaffel, who had once produced a song for Jackson, his longtime handler Frank Tyson, known as Cassio, who traveled when he was a child with Jackson, and Vinnie Amon from New Jersey. The bewildered family had little idea what was going on, but they wanted to help Jackson. The boy was very high on Michael, said a family associate. They are simple people, Masada tells me. The mother called Masada again, even more upset. She explained, he says, that someone had called the L.A. Department of Children and Family Services, the DCFS, and they want to interview her because they think she's an unfit mother, allowing her kids to sleep over at Michael Jackson's, and they're going to take her kids away. What shall I do? Masada says she went into the February meeting worried to death she was going to lose her children. According to several sources, including Masada, representatives of Jackson's drove her and the children to the meeting and tried to sit in on it. When they were told no, a Jackson person handled the mother a tape recorder and told her to tape the meeting, but she didn't. At that point, she says, she still knew nothing about alleged molestation or alcohol and denied any wrongdoing on Jackson's part. Apparently, the Jackson person told the agency that the children would be put in private schools and the family provided with a home. The boy had dropped out of public school about after the teasing and the family was staying at Neverland, allegedly for their own protection. Much has been made in the media of this confidential meeting because in early December, a DCFS memo dictated on November 26th, only days after Jackson's arrest, and stating that allegations of sexual misconduct in Jackson's part with this boy were deemed unfounded, was leaked to the website, thesmokinggun.com. It is highly irregular for such a memo to be written after the fact, and curious that the official to whom it was addressed was revealed by the TV show Celebrity Justice to have offices just two doors down from one of Jackson's private investigators in the case. The family says they were told by Jackson's people that because of the documentary there were death threats against them, and they were in danger. In addition, the mother, who says she had no idea at the time about anything untoward, was put on video t audio tape by Garagos criminal investigator and on videotape by Jackson's videographer saying that Jackson was a wonderful man. She says she was told that if she didn't look happy on the tape, she would be reported to the DCFS. 
Masada finally saw the special when it was rebroadcast on February 17. I watched in disbelief, he said. They didn't digitize the boy's face or anything. He asked again the mother how anything could be shown without her permission. She told him she had signed various papers, but the mother alleges she didn't know what she was signing. One of the papers with the mother's signature on it purportedly became the bulwark of a complaint by Jackson to the, BB, the British Broadcasting Standards Commission and the Independent TV Commission. Jackson's people hired British lawyers to help her loudly protest the Bashir documentary and to attempt to prevent, to prevent the documentary or any additional footage from being sold on DVD or VHS, thereby paving the way for Jackson to reap millions by selling a two-hour rebuttal program hosted by Maury Povich on Fox. In order to keep her prominently in the complaint, the mother claims one of Jackson's lawyers later offered her $5,000 if she would pursue it. She says she refused. A source close to the case says that Jackson even tried to get the mother to let the husband of one of the female attorneys in Gergo's office take over lingering legal issues with the boy's father, another echo of the Chandler case where Bert Fields, Jackson's lawyer then, attempted to intervene for Jordy's mother in her custody dispute with his father, even though Fields represented Jackson and knew that the father made an allegation of possible sexual molestation. At the same time, the family was asked by Jackson's people for their personal papers, including birth certificates, so that passports could be obtained for them, and for five days they were put up and guarded for their protection, they were told, in a hotel in Ventura County, south of Neverland, while their passports and visas were being obtained. The family alleges that someone from Jackson's camp unilaterally went to the boys' school and changed the name of the person to be notified in case of an emergency to that of a Jackson insider. One of Jackson's people allegedly told the family they should move to Brazil or Argentina to be safe. They charged that Jackson's people had them vacate their small apartment in East L.A. and that their clothes and furniture were put in storage by Jackson's people who they claim would not tell them where their belongings were. Mark Garagos later told representatives that the move had been videotaped and that the mother had signed off on it, a claim she denies. None of Jackson's alleged promises were kept about paying for school or getting the family a new home. Masada says that, to his knowledge, Jackson did not pick up the boy's medical bills either, contrary to some media reports. In late February, the mother says she was saying she was upset that her belongings had been taken, that her son was being exploited, complained to Masada, who sneaked her out the back door of the apartment of a friend she was visiting. Jackson's people were waiting at the entrance to take her to meet attorney William Dickerman. She said she felt like a prisoner, but she wouldn't go to authorities because her son didn't want her to. She was very scared, said Masada. The next two times the mother met with Dickerman were at the Laugh Factory because Masada claims Jackson knew she was friends with him and allowed her to visit there. All of the family's activities were monitored. The mother seemed terrified that she was going to be sent to Brazil and claimed that there was intense pressure on her to move there. Apparently, it didn't occur to her that she could refuse to go. At one point, she called a friend from a payphone asking that police be informed, but nothing came of it. Myung Ho Lee says that Jackson is very capable of playing rough. Michael is very vindictive if anybody tries to do anything about him, he claims. If he has the upper hand, he will destroy you, he said. To be continued. Okay. Remember the comment by Garagos at that press conference right after the arrest? Mm -hmm. Anybody uh, spews anything against my client, we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Intimidate, harass, intimidate, and that's what it's all about. I just mentioned those things in passing. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Take a look at that vote on the pool. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth on radio and TV? 616 votes, 616. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 169. Is there any doubt about it? No. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 110. Let's have more sex, less violence, 90. It was just a one partial teat, you moron, 63. Freedom in America is dead, 50. I agree. Clean it up now. Clean it all up now. 47, 7.6%. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, 36. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 32. And where do I get my passport quick, 19. 
5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Don't forget, cable may also be targeted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And DVDs and CDs and you name it. Private conversations. Right. Newspapers. Oh, yeah. Your it's private like letters. Things like that. Your emails. Mm-hmm. Just for your protection. WQAM, hello. Is George Bush an alien? WQAM, hello. Yes, sir. Right. How you doing? Okay. Did you see the other day, by any chance, the um, 60 Minutes was sent? I haven't been listening. I don't know if you saw it or not. About what? Uh, the interviewer asked him about, um, they were interviewing him about his empire, and they asked him about um, the, uh, what was it called? The, uh, all the, you know, the, the type of, um, can't think of it now, because uh, you got caught me off guard, but... Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, when you think of it, call us back. <laughs> Stop catching people off guard Well, like he that, I caught man. him off guard, okay? He was trying to put all of this together, and we're doing screenless uh, this next five, ten years, and as a result, we caught him off guard. There's Dennis Kucinich. Three speech. What do you say? I say, good evening, delegate. Democratic dating game with Dennis Kucinich. Well, he's got to have find somebody who likes him, okay? I like him, but he's just kind of a silly little coot with, uh, you know, big ears and a bad wig. WQAM, hello. Yes, I'm uh, on hold for Neil. Speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be Neil. sorry. Uh, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, as a registered Republican, Neil, it, it, it's embarrassing what is going on here, like in America. If yeah. This, if this isn't a battle between, you know, uh, the far, far right and normal people, it, it is beyond me. I mean, how, how, how people can even vote Republican this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, we'll be looking for you in November, man. Uh, believe me, I will be there, and uh, I've got a birthday party next week, and I'm going to give a little minute speech to all my Republican friends. I'm going to break it down for them, what it means to them, and uh, we're going to make a change. We're doing Excellent. It. Nice going, Pally. All right. Take break care. it down for them, and then if they don't agree, break their legs. <laughs> See you. Keep home on Election Day, okay? Keep Robert Grieper home on Election Day. Going to put the beast on that assignment, okay? Maybe you can keep him busy. You can have him sit on him. There he goes again, writes Joe Connison. Here's the whole article. Matt Drudge and the GOP smear machine are back in the Democratic pants. <laughs> okay, we'll get to this next hour, won't we? Yes, we will. Okay. Oh, I think I just tore a page of it up. Well, you know me. Why do I keep doing that all the time? Because you're anxious to go. <laughs> I do that all the time. Just but I got set tape. it aside. Huh? Instead of no, tearing I just, everything up. I have up. this habit of doing that. When I'm finished with something, I, I don't know why I do that. You shred it. I, I, I shred it just so nobody ever finds it. But I got it here. We'll get to it. It's 1257 at 560 QAM. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Hello, this is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one to two hour. Showed her right melon. And man, was it great. Had an areola like a big dinner plate. Janet's right, Tata, grabbed every headline. 
Wonder if she'll help CBS pay the fine. First, she denied it. Said it was a mistake. A costume malfunction. Said Justin Timberlake. But now they've admitted they flash for the two. It'll be the Super Bowl remembered for the boob. The FCC says it was indecency. Soft pornography. Big yip. One nip. I'll never forget that infamous tug. I'll remember this game for seeing Janet's jug. It's 101. We got less than an hour to go till the deadline of Hot Couples Contest. Two o'clock. Got less than an hour. If you got pictures, uh, quit hanging on to them. Quit squeezing them. Just thought you want more. Did you really? Email them to uh, contest at neilrogers.com. Now, don't be uh, messing around with my Brady Quinn pictures. Who? <laughs> Do you have a bunch of them? Those two. Didn't you send me those two? Yeah. That pair? Him and his uh, bunk bug buddy there. He looks, a little, like I said, a little bit off. I don't know. He's like a little something wrong there. Anyway, speaking of something being wrong, <laughs> Joe Connison on Salon.com. Here it is. There he goes again. Matt Drudge and the GOP smear machine are back in the Democrats' pants. Is American politics suddenly returning to the bad old days when Washington journalism becomes frenzied with sheet-sniffing and keyhole-peeping? That seems to be the default program of the right-wing media machine whenever Republican poll numbers sink into the red zone. Late Thursday morning, with George W. Bush's credibility damaged on several fronts as reporters demanded question, answers to questions about his National Guard service that should have been asked years ago, the Drudge Report defamed his leading Democratic challenger with a world-exclusive smudge of personal dirt. Vague and unsourced, but hyped to the max by Drudge, the brief item sounded disturbingly familiar. The Internet gossip accused John Kerry of recent alleged infidelity with a woman who recently fled the country, adding that a close friend of the woman recently approached the reporter with fantastic stories. The same item ran an off-the-record comment attributed to retired General Wesley Clark, who was quoted as saying, Kerry will implode over an intern issue. Major news organizations from ABC News to the Associated Press warned Drudge were all over the story. By evening, however, no major news organizations had run with it, though many were chasing it. Perhaps frustrated, Drudge put up an additional item eight hours later with a few more details about the alleged relationship. Unlike the Monica Lewinsky drama, which first played out publicly in this space, with audio tape, cigar, and address, the Kerry situation has posed a challenge to reporters investigating the claims, his later item explained. Drudge also quoted a top source as saying, There is no lawsuit testimony at this time, like Clinton with Paula Jones. It is hard to prove. But the kind of proof usually required by national news organizations isn't what Drudge needs in order to put innuendo into circulation. Somewhat conveniently, Drudge had earlier posted an item that blamed the sudden smudging on a disgruntled Democratic consultant named Chris Lahane, who had been fired by Kerry before going to work as a communications aide to Clark. That second item was later taken down without explanation. By then, of course, this Drudge drama was already rocking Democrats and delighting Republicans across the nation, at least according to Drudge. The template was pure Monica. Intern has affair with married politician, is betrayed by a close friend, and finally exposed by the pliant drudge. So far, however, the mainstream media has yet to touch the drudge item, despite heavy promotion by Rush Limbaugh and the Wall Street Journal's opinion journal website. Whoever lit this match must have been disappointed when the story that smoldered in newsrooms during the afternoon failed to blaze into a firestorm by early evening. 
The only exception so far is a daily newspaper in Scotland. Kerry refuted Drudge on Imus in the morning today, as Don Imus pointed out, that people were actually talking about the allegations Drudge was spreading, but no news organizations were actually reporting on them. Well, there's nothing to report, so there's nothing to talk about. I'm not worried about it. The answer is no, Kerry said. Over the years, Kerry's private life has generated its share of gossip. He was a divorced, socially active single man for several years before he remarried. No woman has so far stepped forward to embarrass him in any way, and the only published report even remotely hinting at marital infidelity is a six-year-old unfounded clipping from the Boston Herald. Sources in the Kerry camp insist that the Drudge story has no foundation, although they've been predicting since Bush's numbers began to drop that the White House would soon dump its opposition research on their candidate. It may also be worth noting that the Massachusetts senator underwent surgery and radiation treatment last year for prostate cancer. Was the drudge item a late hit by an angry Democrat seeking revenge or a plant by desperate Republicans hoping to distract attention from the president's problems? Lacking proof, the most pertinent questions are the standards of forensic inquiry. Who benefits and who had the motive, method, and opportunity? Drudge's allegations set off a chain of speculation. Certainly some Democrats wondered if the evidence-free item came from Lahane, who declined public comment this afternoon. Lahane has a reputation as an often rough operator, and they may provide a pretext for Drudge to smear him, too. Following Lahane's dismissal from the Kerry campaign some months ago, the tone of his remarks about his former employer occasionally sounded vengeful. <clears throat> if Clark actually uttered the nasty remark as quoted by Drudge, the general might have heard such rumors from a sharp-edged consultant. But then if Clark believed Kerry was about to implode, he might not have dropped out of the race or decided to endorse the Massachusetts senator as he did today. A source close to Lehane vehemently denied to me that Lehane had peddled any rumors about Kerry and turned attention back toward the White House as Drudge's likely source. My assessment is this is not merely a serendipitous event, he said. The Drudge item blaming Lehane quoted Craig Crawford, a former Democratic operative who now works as consultant and columnist for MSNBC. Within ten minutes after Drudge posted the Kerry intern item, Crawford sent a memo to his superiors that said the story was something Chris Lehane has shopped around for a long time. According to Crawford, someone at MSNBC promptly leaked his memo to Drudge, but when Lehane called Crawford with a loudly indignant denial, the MSNBC columnist quickly issued a public retraction. He said the comments attributed to me are from a private email to a TV news associate based on conversations with Democratic campaign operatives. I did not consider any of it confirmed enough to report or publish. I can only verify that Chris Lane's rivals and other Democratic campaigns made these claims, and I have found no independent source to confirm it, which is why we didn't go with the story. But then someone sent my email to others, which is the only reason it got into the public domain. In other words, there's no proof that Lane circulated the rumor, let alone that the rumor has any basis in reality. Once again, Drudge has raised questions, but they may not be the ones he seeks to raise. The first is about journalistic standards. The second is the identity of his anonymous sources. Journalists must ask themselves why the rumor of a private peccadillo deserves their attention and resources in the 2004 campaign. The press faces a more important issue, learning from its own failure to report the false rationale and abused intelligence that drove the nation to war. Excellent. It's the always great Joe Connison on Salat.com today. <clears throat> Got it? Got it. So there you go, Miss Fudge. Everybody's on to you. Nice try, though. And, of course, they won't give up. They'll come up with more crap. They're sticking their nose deeper and deeper into Kerry's pants. Wrecked them. Until they get it dirty. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. I'm back on the phone again. I forgot about what I said earlier. Uh, oh. The uh, delay caught me off guard. Anyways, what happened was that the interviewer told him, asked Russell Simmons about all the um, gangster rap. So Russell Simmons said to him, what about our gangster government? Woo. I, thought that was, I thought that was the greatest line I've heard. Excellent comeback. 
Yeah. So that was it. Okay, thanks. All right, Neil. Glad you straightened yourself out. He straightened it out. Well, I was reading that article by Joe Constant from Salon.com. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. WQAM, hello. The reading is boring. Yeah, you're boring. You're ponderous, but you're still there. You're always there every single day, every single minute. You're there with your hand deep inside your rectum. Have a great weekend. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. He hasn't actually gotten through for a while. I guess he's been busy uh, playing with it. Yes, sir. I'm not playing anything. What is it? Oh, uh, the uh, investigation regarding the uh, the leak from the White House, the CIA operative. Yeah, Valerie uh, Plame. Yeah, you know when? Uh, it, it, has anybody asked Bob Novak who gave him the info? Did anybody ask? Yes, yeah. they asked, and he ain't telling. Right. Yeah. What happened when Susan McDougal wouldn't answer during the Whitewater investigation? They sent her ass to jail. So why isn't there a bunk waiting for Bob? Because he's a good old boy who's on the right side all the oh, time, on the far right oh, side. Okay, I got it now. I, I agree with you. He ought to be in jail. I absolutely agree. That bastard ought to be in jail right now. I mean, the investigation should take no longer than 15 minutes. Tell us who gave it to you or uh, who dropped the soap. Right, exactly. Oh. Although who'd want to touch that? Oh, my God. He looks like a bullfrog in heat, Bobby Novak. Do you ever notice that? Yeah, buggy eyes. A bullfrog in an old, stodgy brown suit with a bad tie. Anyway, 10 past 1 at 560 WQM. Don't forget to join Joe Costello for happy hour today, 430 to 630 this afternoon at J.P. Mulligan's on Taft and Flamingo in Pembroke Pines. Stop by for $3 Bex and Bex lights, plus win T-shirts and Panther tickets and a bunch of other chazarai. And then join Mar uh, Joanne Mark tomorrow noon to 2 at the Fort Lauderdale BMW, located at 14,800 Sheridan Street. Stop by to win prizes and enjoy free food, which is really what you want to go there to do from Atlanta City Subs and our good friend Ira. It's great. Valentine's Day is tomorrow on Pompano Park Racing and Card Room, and Pompano Beach has got a great couple special in the Top of the Park restaurant. <coughs> for just $79.99, you get a full-course dinner for two, including shrimp cocktail, seafood scampi, and a free bottle of Corbell champagne. Plus, there will be live music all throughout the evening. You'll have great seats to enjoy the racing action. There will be free flowers and prize drawings just for the ladies, and for the kids, free miniature horse rides from 7 to 8 p.m. tomorrow. On the track, Valentine's Day will be the opening round of the $250,000 Isla Capri Pacing Series with top horses from all across the nation, plus the annual Sweetheart Pace featuring only women drivers. Watch out for Miriam Tolem. She might take out the whole field. And uh, tonight, the feature event will be the opening round of the $125,000 Mac Lobel Trotting Series. Just a half a mile from both I-95 and the Florida Turnpike, it's easy to get to Pompano Park. And best of all, they offer you free admission and free general parking every single day with simulcasting seven days a week. Live harness racing in the poker room every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, including tonight, poker room 12 to midnight, live racing 7.05 p.m. Don't forget a big, big card tomorrow, Valentine's Day. Lots of specials going on, including that couple special at Pompano Park. For more info, call them at 954-972-2000 or go online at pompanopark.com. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio's all yours. QAM. First, it was a hit on MTV, then a number one movie. Now, it's coming to Broadway. It's Jackass, the musical, starring Johnny Knoxville. Well, hello, Johnny, spread your cheeks. Johnny, it's so fun to punch you right there in the gooch. 
Yes, all those risky stunts have been combined with fabulous show tunes to create Jackass the Musical. Wow, the music, the dancing, the guy eating a yellow snow cone. It was better than cats. 76 dumb guys crashing golf cars. 76 high-pitched squeals of pain. Don't miss Jackass the Musical. With all your favorite jackasses on stage singing torch songs, then setting their hair on fire with them. I'm Steve-O, I'm Steve-O, I'm just freaking loco. I'm hurting myself today. The Great White Way has just turned black and blue, thanks to Jackass the Musical. Oh, you know what I haven't played yet today? And now, Mr. Dan Gernstein, campaign advisor for the Joe Lieberman presidential campaign. I see we got a couple more interesting pictures of see. Ferrara contest. Yes. See, I'm not going to make any comment about any of them this year. They're great. Yeah, they're great. They're all different kinds, uh, interesting people. Um, yeah. Thank you. White House backs advisor despite stance on outsourcing. This is, uh, see, you didn't really believe this, did you? No. The White House has stood by a top economic advisor who critics have accused of encouraging companies to export jobs overseas a factor in heavy job losses during W's presidency. At issue is the practice of growing the growing number of U.S. companies moving all or a portion of their operations to places like Mexico, India, and China, where labor costs are lower and goods can be produced more cheaply in order to improve profits. Oh, no. I think that must be just propaganda, don't you? I'm sure it is. With political concern about factory job losses heating up ahead of the November election, White House spokesman Scott McClellan said any job loss is regrettable. <laughs> He brushed aside suggestions that Gregory Mancou, who chairs the White House Council on Economic Advisors, be fired for pointing out the potential economic merits of outsourcing jobs overseas. We certainly don't want to do anything that would undermine free trade, McClellan said. Mancou sparked an uproar earlier this week with comments that appeared to laud outsourcing by U.S. companies overseas. Outsourcing is a growing phenomenon, but it's something we should realize is probably a plus for the economy in the long run, he said. Democrats seized on his comments, saying it was evidence the Bush White House was insensitive to the plight of uh, out-of-work Americans. At least one lawmaker even suggested that Mankow resign over the flap. But at any rate, yes, yeah, it's, it's really great when they send all of your jobs overseas so they can get cheap labor and, accrue, and improve their profits. It's good for the economy. See? And then they'll make big profits and their stocks will go up. And if you if you live long enough, it'll trickle down. It'll trickle down their leg. And we can get into Kerry's pants. It'll trickle down his leg. And then you'll have all those jobs and all that money. Right. Well, all these unemployed people are stockholders, right? <laughs> right. They got gobs in their pants. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T. You see, I warned you at the beginning of the show today I was going to have a lot of stuff to read, oh, it's a lot great. of fish to fry, huh? It's great. I loved it. Ah, there you go again. Like Reagan would say, there you go again, just like Walter Mondale. And look what happened to him. WQAM, hello. Gentlemen. Yes, sir. Green Van Dave, how you doing, Neil? Okay. Appreciate you reading that last article. You know, Miss Fudge is sitting home squeezing himself right now. Oh, no question about it. He's probably got the green apple quick step. Unbelievable. 
over as expensive Miami Beach condo that uh, Richard Mellonscape is paying for, probably. Neil, it's great because, you know, I, I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel you reading that, and like I said, you know how he listens. If anything, I know you're knocking him down a couple of pegs just because he's such a, you know, explicit. Yeah, but you see, really, you can't get to him because he's when, when somebody else is, uh, when you're bought and paid for and owned by a bunch of lunatics, uh, you really don't care. I mean, his ego yeah, is so yeah. massive already. With his 80 billion hits a week and he's not heard in all 50 states, it's really no, sad. No. But you no, know something? No. When you scrape all of that away, he's still the same self-hating fag, no matter what, yeah. what you say. And, you know, his little his little shot. So many times I wanted to go back down to North Bay. You know, he used to... I don't, I don't know if he still does his thing at the wonderful Isle of Dreams on Sunday nights. Sure. He still has his show. I mean, yeah. I can't stand it, but... So many times I wanted to go down there and just be waiting for him after his show, pal. I didn't know he was your type. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend, Dave. Well, banging, ya. but not in that way, Neil. See ya. Hey, Bye. Neil, did you read American Dynasty? I'm not leaving. Did I read what? American Dynasty, that uh, Kevin Phillips book about the Bushies. Not yet. I got, I got a whole pile of books. I got 15 books I got to read yet. Right. Add that to the collection, my man. Okay, thanks. Peace out. Take care of yourself. Later. See you. I didn't realize that they had anything in common, those two. Maybe they could have a chat. Paul Krugman writes in the New York Times today, the real man. Oh, he is so good, you know what? See, I don't yep. care what anybody says, whether it's Miguel, whether it's the mouth breather, which, of course, the fact the mouth breather don't like it, that indicates to me I'm doing the right thing. Uh, there's some of this stuff. Most people are going to go to our website, look at the pictures. They're going to see Celia Cruz uh, picking her uh, scab on her uh, nipple there, whatever she's doing. They're going to take a look at uh, whoever we got naked of the day, you know, and that's about it. We have a segment of people that are going to read the stories. They'll peruse the headlines, see if they find. But most people either don't have the time or the inclination to do that. Right? right. Paul Krugman writes, The real man. To understand why questions about George Bush's time in the National Guard are legitimate, all you have to do is look at the federal budget published last week. No, not the lies, damn lies and statistics, the pictures. By my count, this year's budget contains 27 glossy photos of Mr. Bush. We see the president in front of a giant American flag, in front of the Washington Monument, comforting an elderly woman in a wheelchair, helping a small child with his reading assignment, building a trail through the wilderness, and, of course, eating turkey with the troops in Iraq. Somehow, the art director neglected to include a photo of the president swimming across the Yangtze River. It was not ever thus. Bill Clinton's budgets were illustrated with tables and charts, not with worshipful, worshipful photos of the president being presidential. The issue here goes beyond using government printing office to publish campaign brochures. In this budget, as in almost everything else it does, the Bush administration tries to blur the line between reverence for the office of president and reverence for the person who currently holds that orifice. Operation Flight Suit was only slightly more over the top than other Bush photo ops, like the carefully staged picture that placed Mr. Bush's head in line with the stone faces on Mount Rushmore. The goal is to suggest that it's unpatriotic to criticize the president and to use his heroic image to block any substantive discussion of his policies. In fact, those 27 photos grace one of the foremost dishonest budgets in the nation's history. The other three are the budgets released in 2001, 2, and 3. Just to give you a taste, remember how last year's budget contained no money for post-war Iraq and how administration officials waited till after the tax cut had been passed to mention the small matter of $87 billion in extra costs? Well, they've done it again. Earlier this week, the Army's chief of staff testified that the Iraq funds in the budget would cover expenses only through September. But when administration officials are challenged about the blatant deceptions in their budgets, or for that matter, about the use of pre-war intelligence, their response almost always is to fall back on the president's character. How dare you question Mr. Bush's honesty, they ask, when he is a man of such an unimpeachable integrity. And that leaves critics with no choice. They must point out that the man inside the flight suit bears little resemblance to the official image. 
There is, as far as I can tell, no positive evidence that Mr. Bush is a man of exceptional uprightness when he has even accepted responsibility for something that went wrong I can't remember. On the other hand, there's plenty of evidence that he's willing to cut corners when it's to his personal advantage. His business career was full of questionable deals, and whatever the full truth about his National Guard service, it was certainly not glorious. Old history, you may say, and irrelevant to the present. And perhaps that would be true if Mr. Bush was prepared to come clean about his past. Instead, he remains evasive. On Meet the Press, he promised to release all his records and promptly broke that promise. I don't know what he's hiding, but I do think he's forfeited any right to cite his character to turn away charges that his administration is lying about its policies. And that is the point. Mr. Bush may not be an especially bad man, but he isn't the paragon his handlers portray. Some of his critics hope that the AWOL issue will demolish the Bush myth once at all at once. They're probably too optimistic. If it were that easy, the tale of Harkin Energy would have already done the trick. The sad truth is that people have been taken in, in by a cult of personality, a group that includes a group that in this case includes a good fraction of the American people and a considerably higher fraction of the punditocracy, are very reluctant to give up their illusions. If nothing else, that would mean admitting they've been played for fools. Still, we may be on our way to an election in which Mr. Bush is judged on his record, not his legend, and that, of course, is what the White House fears, writes Paul Krugman. That's what they, then they will fear you. He don't look too presidential to me, unless you consider Dumbo the Clown Alfred E. Newman to look presidential. He yeah. always has that same bewildered look on his puss. But nevertheless, 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T Verizon wireless line. Here's our poll up to the minute. What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth, smut, dirt on radio and TV, boobies? 707 votes. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 190. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment, 124. Let's have more sex and less violence. Oh! 98. It was just one partial teat, you moron, 79. Freedom in America is dead, 58. I agree. Clean it all up now, 52. That's 7.3%. You Dago Guinea Wap bastard, you. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, 43. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 38. And where do I get my passport quick? 25. And for the right price, George will hook you up. To electrodes. <laughs> 26 past one. Only 34 minutes to get those pictures in. You think they're going to be like a last-minute entry or two? Couple, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised couple, if they're like uh, snapping them right now. All over town. Hey, speaking of that, don't forget Valentine's Day. We've reached the deadline, not just for our contest, but Valentine's Day is tomorrow. This year, be original. Get her a Vermont teddy bear instead of the same old tired flowers. You know the deal. You get beautiful flowers. They wilt. They die in no time at all, and they go in the Schmidt can. For the price of a dozen roses, a Vermont teddy bear keeps giving and giving and will last a lifetime, not just a few hours. Choose from lots of great bears like the Be My Valentine bear, the Chocolate Lover bear, or the Love Me Tender Elvis bear. When it arrives, she'll be completely surprised. She'll be blown away and think you're the greatest guy for sending such a thoughtful gift. And speaking of that, maybe she'll give you the gift that you're hoping for, speaking of being blown away. Overnight delivery for Saturday is guaranteed, too. You still have time, and it takes only five minutes out of your precious day to order. So pick up the instrument right now and call 1-800-829-BEAR, and a friendly bear counselor will help you pick out the perfect bear for your Valentine, delivered with free chocolate in their famous gift box. 1-800-829-BEAR, or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. Don't forget, you still have time. Send your Valentine the creative alternative to flowers. 1-800-829-BEAR, and be sure and tell them that crusty old Neil told you to call. We're Sports Radio 560, QAM. Wow. <laughs> hey, how you doing, honey? <laughs> 
This is Bill Clinton, the President of the United States, and this is my, my State of the Women address. <laughs> I've known a few girls who thought they were pretty hot, but Billy's here to tell you that girl, you're not. <laughs> they used to wear makeup and rip away pants, but when they looked at me, they were under my trance. Paula Jones, you got a new nose. That don't impress me much. <laughs> well, you got the brain, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, well, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. <laughs> Let's move along, shall we? I think you'll remember this one. She had a tape recorder that she kept on her phone. And after she ate steak, she would bury the bone. She got herself some lipo and a tummy tuck. But she's still as ugly as a hockey puck. Whoa! Linda Tripp got some surgery. That don't impress me much. <laughs> well, you got the brain, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. <laughs> oh, I forgot me, buddy. Oh, yeah, how about this next one? Chunky girl with a purple beret. That damn gap dress nearly put me away. Little secret meetings in the corridor. I could have taught Will Chamberlain how to score. <laughs> well, she thinks she's special. Well, she thinks she's something else. So, Monica, you lost 40 pounds. That don't impress me much. <laughs> well, you got the brains, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, well, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. <laughs> that don't impress me much. <laughs> I've saved the best for last. <laughs> well, I've tried to cut the brakes on her car. No offense, but I think I'd rather with get a star when she gives birth i think her offspring should hatch big old legs and an ass to match like them. <laughs> Senator from New York. That don't impress me much. <laughs> well, you got the brains, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, well, I think you're all right. But that will keep me warm in the middle of the night. <laughs> that don't impress me much. <laughs> Thank you. That is my State of the Women address. Are you? Uh, Joseph for him or what? 134, 26 till 2 at 560 WQM. Mad Dog at 2, the Humper at 4. Willie Williams show starts 8 to 10 Monday morning on QAM every day exclusively. Now, can I get back to the Vanity Fair thing? Could you? Because I think if I do this right, I can, like, uh, do some more here this hour and then finish it up on Monday. 
And then I'll have read the whole article, and you can, like, you know, tape it and piece it all together or just piece it down the drain. Anyway, getting back to where it said, uh, if he has the upper hand, he will destroy you, meaning Michael Jackson. Sometime in mid-March, the mother says, she managed to escape from Neverland by claiming she was taking the boy to the doctor for an appointment before they were to leave for Brazil. Once there, she and the children sneaked out a back door and fled to a friend's apartment. After their escape, they charged. They were harassed continually, and on one occasion, the mother found a Jackson staffer videotaping the boys' new school. The mother says she was convinced that the phone where she was living was tapped and that she was being followed in her car. She says people banged on their door in the middle of the night, rocks were thrown at the grandparents' home, and a note was slipped under the door telling them to contact the Jackson camp. She asked lawyer Dickerman to help her get her belongings back. Dickerman then sent her the first ten letters to Garagos demanding that the family's personal papers, their belongings, and all video and audio tapes Jackson people had made of them be turned over to them. He also asked that all direct threats, surveillance, and photography of the children's school, banging on the mother's door, leaving her disturbing notes, and audio taping and filming the family, be stopped. Since no criminal allegations had yet been made, it seems extremely odd that a criminal attorney as famous as Garagos would get involved in a dispute over some garbage bags full of clothing. Garagos didn't respond to repeated phone calls for this article. Garagos asked for a few days to look into the matter. According to a source, most of the harassment eventually stopped. Dickerman has made it known that he would be away on April 24th, and that day was a that day a truck full of the family's belongings was unceremoniously dumped in the lobby of the building in West L.A. housing his law office. Furious, Dickerman instructed building personnel not to accept the delivery, and it took four more letters from him to Garagos before the family finally found out where the things were stored in late June. There was never any acknowledgment by Garagos in reference to the missing personal papers, school documents, passports, and tapes, or to the subject of harassment. On the contrary, he called Dickerman histrionic. In another eerie echo of the Chandler case, the boy said that his underwear and tap shoes and a few other personal items were missing. According to Michael Jackson Was My Lover, a book about Jordy Chandler by Chilean reporter Victor Gutierrez, uh, Jackson had a drawer where he would keep the underwear of boys who stayed overnight. <clears throat> Ain't that lovely? Freaky. And fuzzy? Once the mother told Dickerman the boy's story, he asked her if she wanted to sue Jackson civilly, but she would not. She was concerned mainly with retrieving her belongings. However, by then it was known that Jackson had allegedly given wine and perhaps vodka and antihistamine pills to the boy and had allegedly shown both brothers pornography with naked girls in it. He had also allegedly given the sister sleeping pills. Sounds like a scene from Happiness. Mm -hmm. Dickerman suggested that they all... Maybe she'd like a tuna sandwich. Dickerman suggested they all go to see Larry Feldman, the lawyer who had won a $25 million settlement for Jordy Chandler and interviewed several prior special friends of Jackson's. Feldman recognized instantly that this relationship was not the same intense love affair that had allegedly gone on between Jackson and Jordy Chandler. Jordy had been very self-confident. This boy, once so bubbly, had become shy and withdrawn and spoke barely above a whisper. Feldman heard the family story in the same conference room where he had first listened to Jordy Chandler and his father, Evan. He felt perhaps more had gone on between Jackson and the boy than he was being told, so he decided to send the boy to a top child psychologist who was known to be conservative about declaring whether or not abuse had taken place. According to Philman, there was no shrink shopping, as has been reported. After several sessions, the psychologist concluded that accusations of sexual molestation were credible. Moreover, the boy's brother claims to have been a witness to some of it. He had sometimes even been in bed with Jackson and his brother. Feldman realized that there were many reminders here of the Chandler case, from the allegations that Jackson had asked whether the boy wanted to learn how to masturbate, it's really fun, to his apparently saying that it was natural and that just because some people say it's bad, it's not. Jamie Masada says the mother never wanted money. When I took her to Bill Dickerman's office, he asked her, What do you want out of this? She told me, I don't want to make any money. I want to make sure this doesn't happen to other kids. 
California law states that once an allegation of sexual abuse of a minor has been disclosed by the minor, the professional hearing the allegation must be reported to the authorities. In late May, Feldman took the psychologist and another attorney from his office to the DCFS, where the family had gone in February. In the Chandler case, Jordy's report alleging that Jackson had fellated masturbated him had been sold by someone to a tabloid news service. Feldman was therefore wary. Two caseworkers listened to them and then asked if the boy was in any current danger. According to Feldman, when they told them no, to Feldman's and the psychologist's utter astonishment, the caseworkers declined to receive the psychologist's allegations. This is at the DCAFS. They appeared not to want to report or deal with this problem again. There has been speculation since that memo leaked by the DCFS last December was a bureaucratic attempt by the department to cover its backside, and Feldman has called for an investigation into who leaked the memo and why his visit with the new allegations of abuse was not referred to. The DCFS has declined to comment, of course. Feldman called the Santa Barbara County District Attorney, Tom Sneddon, who had spent months on the Chandler case. He, too, was very familiar with allegations of how Jackson had operated in the past but had never charged him. The Chandlers have said they got tired of waiting for the authorities to act and that they felt so threatened by the high-handed tactics of Jackson's people that they asked for protection which could not be guaranteed. Jordy Chandler declined to testify against Jackson, but Sneddon had been present when Jackson went into meltdown while his genitals were being photographed in 93, which would provide the crucial evidence needed for a civil case. Jackson slapped his doctor and cursed the detectives. Sneddon saw the photos and has a full case history in his files. Jackson slapped the doctor and cursed the detectives. Sneddon asked Feldman to give his solemn word that he would not sue Jackson civilly while the new case was being investigated and tried. Feldman gave his word. On November 18, a forensic van, a paddy wagon, and a dozen other law enforcement vehicles rolled into Neverland to be continued. Come on, let's have some Jesus juice, and let me show you how to do a few things here, huh? Jesus Christ. Let me Christ. help you get a grip on life. 20 till 2 at 560 QAM. <laughs> The uh, judge wants that trial wrapped up before the end of the year. You ready for that? Okay. He wants the trial wrapped up, and we all want Michael behind bars and uh, having a good time, or somebody having their way with him before the end of the year. Defense wants the gag order lifted because everybody's gagging on it. So we got that uh, latest picture for our uh, cute couple, our hot couples contest. And uh, what do we got? About 30 now? 31. 30, man. Pretty damn close, right on target. You got another uh, 15 minutes, and that's it. I'm looking at that Brady Quinn picture again, and I'm just, I, I don't know. He makes me nervous. Okay. He, he's just too pretty. You know what I mean? He's just, uh, he don't look like a guy. He's just uh, too pretty. It's one thing for a guy to be pretty, like Tom Brady's pretty, but Brady Quinn is like maybe too pretty? Yes. Yeah, too pretty to, <laughs> to be a guy. Anyway, Jerry and Bonita Springs again, who's just out of control. But this, Thanks, Jerry. 
Wanted to let you know that Bowling for Columbine is on Showtime this Sunday at 8 p.m. You might want to tell your listeners. Oh, let's tell our listeners Bowling for Columbine will be on Showtime this Sunday. Thanks again, Jerry. He's okay in my book. Okay. Here's some more good news that's going to get Miss Fudge squirming and probably start picking seeds out of there. Kind of clean the way for the next visitor. The Senate Intelligence Committee has agreed to expand its review of intelligence on Iraq to examine whether the Bush administration accurately described the information it had on Sodom's weapons. They've agreed to expand its review. The committee will examine whether public statements and reports and testimony regarding Iraq by U.S. government officials were substantiated by intelligence information, committee leaders said in the statement. The panel is nearing completion of a report expected to be extremely critical of the intelligence agency's collection and analyzation of pre-war intelligence. How do you like that? They're expanding it. The scope. So let's get deeper into John Kerry's pantaloonies because we have to, like, take the heat off of that, right? Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they find he's got, like, uh, knock knees. Isn't that what they call them? <clears throat> yeah. And maybe a couple of scabies here and there. Ooh. And maybe a blotch. In right. fact, maybe he's got one of them things like John Edwards has on his lip. Maybe like on his... Uh, Rectum. You never yeah. know. Or a dry patch of skin. A dry patch? Of WQAM, skin. hello. Yeah, how you doing? I okay. want to know uh, where I can get... Or where, did, where did you get that uh, letter from uh, Michael Moore? It's on our website. It's on neilrogers.com. It's on there today. Oh, it's on the website, and yep. uh, all the and the uh, very long the uh, letters from uh, the Michael about Michael Jackson. Is that on your website as well? The what? The Michael Jackson letters. No, this, this you mean the uh, story that I'm reading about yeah, Michael? All the it's it, been reading, it's right, in right. the March Vanity Fair. It's in the whole story is in Vanity Fair magazine. Ah, uh, fantastic! No, thanks. Okay, I guess I got time for a little bit more of it, right? Ah, uh, yes. Michael, Michael Moore. Well, it's uh, it, it, it's timely. We got the uh, hearing today, and there's. That uh, sneering Mark Garagos with that mustache. Boy, why is it that so many... It's not so much a mustache per se. It's that kind of like... Uh, I like the one he's got, you know? Makes him look like a clown, like a sneering clown all the time. Anyway, Jackson's team has made it known that the boy's family has sued for money in the past. Oh, this is that whole thing about... I don't even know if I want to waste my time with this. Uh, no. In fact, I'm not going to read no more of this right now because I want to like... you know, Because it just would take forever. Got it? Got it. Whenever Jackson is in jeopardy, his team of defenders rolls into action like a tank, and its current mission is to destroy the credibility of this family by means of cable and tabloid TV and the mainstream media. In December, in a widely quoted story, the New York Times, referring to the delay in the filing of charges against Jackson, said it had prompted some in the Jackson camp to say, Mr. Snedden is playing a weak hand based on a single child's shaky testimony. One of Mr. Jackson's lawyers suggested this week that Mr. Snedden might be forced to drop the prosecution before a trial. In January, a highly suspect blind item appeared in Cindy Adams' gossip column in the New York Post under the headline, Case Against Jacko was Said to be Flimsy. Remember that? Yes. Adams reported that the mother had chopped her case and two lawyers had turned it down, adding that even attorneys who had opposed Michael in the first case didn't want in on this one because the evidence was so thin that Michael Jackson cannot be found guilty. The fact is that an army of forensic experts took part in the Neverland raid, combing Jackson's bedroom for pubic hairs, semen stains, and they are reportedly satisfied they've got plenty to work with. The sealed affidavit in the case is more than 80 pages long, but Tom Snedden is clearly not good at war wages in the media, and he appears not to be interested in learning. As for the mother, who's unavailable for comment, she said to be leaving everything to God. Well, uh, it figures. Of course. Don't it figure? She's leaving it to... So there you go. But there's another example. I mean, every story you go to now, it's the same thing. Whether it's Dr. Atkins was fat, whether it's John Kerry has ants in his pants and he's been banging everything with a skirt on, whether it's uh, the case is flimsy and don't buy a word of it, it's just all spin now. It's all spin all day. 
That's what life has become in the world, thanks to the crazy people in the frickin' media. What, what have I always said? For years and years and years, the one thing you got to believe... The media is sick and needs help badly. Amen. But we'll leave it in God's hands. He'll take care of all of these things, won't he? Well, sometimes sure. he's busy, though. With ball games. Sometimes with ball games, he's got to worry about, you know, what the morning line odds are and if we're going to cover the spread. Things like this. You'll hear a lot more about that 20 hours a day here on QAM. Who's covering it? Who's spreading it? Oh, and speaking of that, I don't, I don't want to say this about Scoran, because I love dogs. You know how much I love dogs? Right. But I think in another life, maybe she might have been a dog, because she sure loves to bury the bone. Live, live and local. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's Friday, you bastard. Grand, let's bury the hatchet. One fifty-six, four minutes till noon at five sixty WQM. We got uh, going to have eight hundred votes. Not too bad. We'll take it. Since it took us a while to get around to this whole deal, getting it up there because we were given the results from yesterday and a whole bunch of other crap. Four minutes to get in any last last second pictures for the hot couples contest. Anything coming in? Not lately. Thirty-one, thirty-two, I think. Yeah, that, that's plenty. We got. A little bit over that number, and that'll be more than enough. And then next week, the pictures will all be up there on our website on neilrogers.com, and you can vote to your heart's content right up until a week from the day at 2 p.m. And then the winners get the prizes, and the rest of everybody says, well, we gave it a shot, and we exhibited ourselves all over the place, and everybody took a peek at it, and they, you know, whatever. Right? Right. Oh, and speaking of uh, South Park, the movie, like I told you before, the scene that George liked the best was when Bill Gates got shot. Oh, man. And you also must love this story. I did a Microsoft said late last night that parts of its Windows source code, the tightly guarded blueprint of its dominant computer operating system, had been leaked over the Internet. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that poor Bill Gates, is he, for a guy with all his billions of dollars, he sure has a lot of tourists, don't he? Yeah. Microsoft spokesman Tom Pillis said in an interview with the AP that some incomplete portions of the Windows 2000 and Windows NT4 source code had been illegally made available on the Internet. All right. 
Access to the source code could allow hackers to exploit the operating system and attack machines running versions of Windows. Several versions of the operating system, including the ones containing leaked code, are used on hundreds of millions of computers worldwide. Such access could also provide a competitive edge to Microsoft rivals who would gain a much better understanding of the inner workings of Microsoft's technology. Oh, my God. Ain't that a shame? Oh, yeah, darn. Wow. P, uh, Pila said there was no indication the leak was a result of a breach of Microsoft's corporate network. There was no known immediate effect on Microsoft consumers. Well, luckily, in fact, even you got your service up right now. Yes, I for got the it time up. being. Huh? Oh, not at the house. I don't. <laughs> you don't? No. Why not? Oh, don't say it. I know it's three words. The last one is sucks. BS. I think. Yeah, I was just going to say that. BS sucks. Anyway, let's take one final look at that poll. Although maybe we get another uh, call in here. QAM. Hello. QAM. I'll be damned. Just what I wanted oh, you to didn't hit it. Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't tell you. QAM, hello. I love Boca Brian. Can well, I have a phone number? Sure, no problem. He'll be over <laughs> about 630. He wants to rub his bald spot. What's wrong with that? 5309. He will. Ah, Beachwood 5670, uh, what is it? <laughs> What's your take on the mass hysteria all over the USA about filth? On radio and TV, that's our poll question in a very timely one. we got an even 800 votes. Let's hear it. Oh! Not bad, huh? All right. The Bush government and the FCC are obscene, 212. I don't want the government censoring my entertainment. I want my entertainment, Miss Ratchet. 140. Let's have more sex and less violence. Okay. 112. It was just one partial teat, you morons, 91. Freedom in America is dead, 65. I agree. Clean it all up now. 56. 7% even in our highly uh, progressive crowd. 7% morons. Clean it all up now, okay? Sanitize it. Wash it off. Michael Powell is a grandstanding asshole, 49. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, 47. And where do I get my passport real quick? 28 out of 800 vote. It's a beautiful thing. Just uh, one last promo for Joe. Join Joe Costello happy hour today, 4.30 to 6.30 at J.P. Mulligan's on uh, Taft and Flamingo and Pembroke Pines. Stop by for $3 Bex and Bex lights, plus win those T-shirts and Panther tickets and a bunch of other crap. And join uh, Joe and Mark tomorrow from uh, noon to 2 at Lauderdale BMW, located at 14,800 Sheridan Street. Stop by to win prizes enjoy free food from Atlantic City Subs and our close personal paisan, Ira, who's the best. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Too much violence, too much pain. You go to hell and you die. Absolutely.